0: things NASCAR Weekend Preview of Talladega. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about tonight, uh, including a guest tonight with Greg Van Alt at 8.40 p.m. Now, uh, first we'll start off with a, a brief preview of the Arkham art Series at Talladega. Uh, Greg comes on about 10 minutes later. Uh, he'll help us complete our preview of Talladega. And then we'll offer some updates for about the truck series at the top of the hour. After that, we'll preview the Xfinity series and then the Cup series at Talladega. And then 10 o'clock, it's NASCAR Hot Topic sound Off with our Fan for Racing crew. And joining me for tonight's show is our co-host, Jay Huseman. Welcome to the show, Jay.
1: Well, thank you, Sharon. Uh, again, it might sound like I'm out of breath. If I had an extra spare minute in the day, I'd be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Look out. Okay. So
0: um, we're, let's go ahead and get started with our preview of the Arkham Menard series at Talladega. Uh, we're so happy that uh, you uh, are here with us tonight, Jay, uh, as our co-host. So uh the Arkham and Art Series is going to be at Talladega Super Speedway this Saturday, April the 24th, at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, and it will be televised on Fox Sports 1. If you don't have access to the TV, you can actually live stream it at Fox Sports Go if you have that app. Also, it's on MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio 391 and the online channel of 981. Uh, Talladega is a 2.5-mile paved t- tri-oval, and the uh, Arkham and Art Series will be racing 76 laps over 202 miles. So uh, we've got a lot to look forward to with the Arkham and Art Series. Finally, I'm back on track, Jay.
1: Well, and I was thinking about uh, what to say here. But I'll just read it. Uh, If you go to the Arkham Home Series, the pit box, it says Arkham Series gets back up to speed at Talladega. So many things in that title alone. Up to speed, Talladega, got some super fast speeds. But the first statement there is the wait is over because it has been more than a month. Yeah, more than a month has passed. Since, uh, Ty Gibbs took the checkered flag At Phoenix Raceway Which was the second Arc Series race Of the 2021 season That third race Now Saturday's General Tire 200 At Joe's Vegas Super Speedway Has arrived
0: Yes indeed Ty Gibbs won that race At Phoenix in Ash- Phoenix uh, Raceway And uh, that was a combined race With Arca West but the first race was uh, well. Actually, it started back with the last race uh, at Kansas. If I'm remembering this right, let me let me rest, uh, restart this. Um, the first race this year was at Daytona, and that race was won by Corey Heim, Uh in part because he had some help from his venture and his teammate. Uh, and that was Drew Dollar, who finished in second place at Talladega. So uh, I would look for Venturini to be strong again this weekend, as well as Ty Gibbs.
1: Well, and we talked about Ty Gibbs, who finished fourth at Daytona, uh, left the track a little angry. And I don't know that I ever did see this interview, but I know he did apologize for it uh, following the next interview he did, or in the next interview he did. But both the 18-year-old Gibbs and third-place finisher Brett Holmes, the defending Arkham Series champion, were frustrated by their inability to race for the win after Hein cruised to the victory in front of his teammate. Now, Saturday's race at Talladega marks their only chance at Super Speedway Redemption in 2021, so we'll see who gets it.
0: Yes, indeed. Right now, Gibbs sits behind Corey Hyman in the championship points following his win at Phoenix uh, and is still new to super speedway racing. The opener at Daytona was his first race on the 2.5 mile over and Saturday marks his first start at Talladega. So uh, Gibbs, uh, kind of new to the super speedway racing, uh, but I wouldn't let that fool you. He's been... Uh, really hot in his Joe Gibbs racing machine uh, since he started.
1: Most certainly that could be dangerous as he's been new to a series in a one, so we'll have to see how well he fares. Now, the other one, the 23-year-old Holmes, of course, will be racing at his home track at least Saturday. The Mumford, Alabama native has a top five and a pair of top tens in five Arkham Menards series at Talladega and Hyman Dollar will again represent Venturini Motorsports at Talladega with Dollar being the defending winner at the track and VMS will also field a Trotter in the team's number 25 Mobile One Toyota. Trotter led eight laps at Daytona in February before she was involved in an accident.
0: Okay, some others that are going to be in the field this weekend include Jack Wood. He's driving for GMS racing in the Arkham Menards Series this season. Also, Kyle Sieg, the brother of uh, Ryan Sieg, sits fourth in the points with an average finish of 4.5, despite an average starting position of 17th. So he's going to be racing the number 28 C2 Freight Chevrolet for his own family-owned team.
1: All right, Thad Moffitt, who is hoping to fill the back end of his 2021 schedule and run for an Arkham Menards Series championship, he's entered in the number 46 Queen Pax Chem Pax Ford for David Gill in racing.
0: Then there's Nick Sanchez, the 19-year-old from Miami, who's racing in the Arkham Menards Series this season as part of the Drive for Diversity program He's entered in the number two Honda Generators Max Siegel, Inc. Chevrolet for Rev Racing. We've had Nick on the show, and uh, I really look for him to have a good run this week, too.
1: Well, and another one we've talked about, Tony Brendinger will become the first Arab-American female driver to compete in the NASCAR National Series when she runs for Young's, Young's Motorsports in the Camp and Roll Truck Series later this year, but she's uh, entered here at Talladega for the Arca Menards in the team's number 02 Huda Beauty Chevrolet.
0: Okay, so uh, a lot of drivers entered into this race. Uh, a complete list uh, is available at Uh but if I can just see if I can see if there's anybody of... Uh, I want to make sure that we mention Greg Van Alst, of course, our guest that's coming up. He'll be in the number 35. He's from Andersonville, Indiana, uh, and he's driving for his own race team. Uh, His crew chief this week at uh, Talladega, let's see if I've got this lined up right all of a sudden, is Jim Long, is going to be his crew chief, so... uh, Uh, He also has a great sponsor in CB Fabricating as well, so uh, that's pretty cool. Uh,
1: That was a good one to mention here with him coming up in about a minute or so. So, (laughs) thumbs up there. Well, he's Uh, the other one we've. What's that?
0: I was going to say he's actually here, so I'm going to go ahead and bring him into the queue. All right. So I know we're about a minute early, but that's okay. Uh, we're anxious to uh, talk to you again Greg Uh, I know we talked to you after uh, around the Daytona race and now we're getting ready for the Talladega race how exciting is that
2: yeah pretty excited thanks for having me on again
0: well, we always look forward to it. So, uh, Greg, you're racing for your own race team, and uh, we just mentioned Jim Long is going to be your crew chief this weekend. What are your goals going into the speedway this weekend?
2: Oh, no, we uh, we have pretty high expectations. Uh, Jim was with us at Daytona and, obviously, the Daytona Test. So, um, um, I mean, we, we've we got us another fast hot rod for the weekend, CB Fabricating's back on board. Um, so uh, we, we uh, have high expectations to run just as good, if not a little better, than we did at Daytona.
0: Okay. Well, that sounds good. Uh, for folks that don't know, Greg is in the number 35 car uh, for his own race team. And uh, uh, talk, talk, I know you were really excited about going into Daytona uh, because you haven't really raced uh for almost a decade. And you're returning to the Arca Menard series. Was there anything that you learned in Daytona that you say feel is gonna help you at Talladega?
2: Yeah, I mean uh I, I've been racing super light models and everything um since my uh my previous ARCA. It's been a while since I had raced ARCA but, but yeah, um I learned a lot at Daytona. Um, there's a lot of things that you don't realize watching those races on TV that you experience in person, um, just the way that the draft works and how you can move other cars with your car. Um, so now that I've experienced um, a little bit of racing there, I, I feel like that will help going into Talladega. And probably the biggest thing is, you know, when the green flag dropped, at Daytona for the first 10 laps, I had no idea what to expect just because you can't experience a race till you're at a race. When the green flag drops Saturday, then I, I kind of have a general idea of what to expect. Um, I don't want to say I won't, I wasn't nervous because that's not really the right word. I just I, I didn't know exactly what to expect. Now I kind of feel like I have some grasp of what uh, what's going to happen when the green drops at Talladega.
0: Exactly. So I'm sure I'm sure that does help uh, to some degree, and you kind of know what you're looking for in those first ten laps. So, also joining us tonight is our co-host for tonight, and that is uh, Jay Hughesman. So I know he has questions as well.
1: All right. Jay? Thank you, Sharon. Uh, Yep. Kind of kind of already answered part of the question, so I'm going to take it from a different angle. You talked about what you did learn and can utilize from Daytona to Talladega, just being on a super speedway and in the draft. But talk about some of the differences, even though they're a 2.5 mile and a 2.66 super speedway. I know the handling and the, uh, the track conditions are still a little bit different. So talk about what the differences are between the two speedways.
2: Well, um, I'll be honest, that may be a question for me um, after Saturday's race because I've, I've, I have, uh, haven't been to this racetrack um, as, a, as a driver. Uh, I think the only time I've ever been here, I was 15 years old, and we came down to watch the cup race and, and whatnot for, for a weekend. Um, so and there's still some unknowns. Um, I've heard that the track's got wider turns. Um, you know, you, there's just more room to race. Um, you know, so I, I don't know what to expect, um, but I feel like I got a general idea.
3: Oh.
2: All right. I, and I
1: can't remember if I asked you, asked you this the last time you were on this, year here on Fan for Racing. Do you race differently being that you're, you're on a limited schedule, you got limited cars? of how you look at that, uh, of how you race. And I know at the super speedways, especially it's tough to even try and do that because 90% of the time, if you're in an accident, it's not if you're doing anything you can do anything about, but what's your mentality during the race of, of, say, protecting the car? Um,
2: I won't protect the car in a, in a sense of, you know, I got to make it to the next race. I'll, I'll race in a fashion that I'm protecting to make it to the end of the race um you know there's so many things outside of your control um if you get if you get wrapped up in trying to protect yourself or for trying to protect the car you know or you have the mentality oh I can't wreck or I won't be able to do the next race or whatever um I feel like it hurts you more than it helps you um so uh I just kind of go in with the with the mindset that this is this is the race that I'm at and and we just got to do the best that we can and let the circumstances fly where the circumstances fly. Um, now, you know, that doesn't mean I go out there and, and do a bunch of crazy things, but it just means you just got to, you know, race aggressively, but yet think about your moves before you make them. You know, you you just have to make it to the end of these in order to to, to even have a shot at winning. Um, so there's no reason to, you know, be 28 laps into a race and, and uh, you know, start running into people, but... Um, you know, there, there's, there's things that happen that are outside of people's controls and, and, you know, things happen. Um, you don't, I don't personally, uh, get wrapped up in the things that I can't control and I'll just do what I can for my seat to, to try to make it to the end.
1: Well, I think, I think, and it's not just limited to the Arkham Menard series there, but I think at the driver's meeting you should bring that bring that point up of uh, 28 laps into a race, maybe isn't the time to be pushing and wrecking. <laughs> maybe some other drivers could learn from that. <laughs> uh, the, la- the last question I got, I know in the Arkham Menard series it's a little different, but We've talked about the Xfinity Series has gone to the composite body and the Cup Series going to uh, the new-gen car which is supposedly a little bit uh, cheaper and easier for uh, teams to come into now, more uh, cost-friendly for an owner. What do you feel NASCAR has been doing that you like or see as far as that, even at the Arkham and Ard Series level?
2: Well, I'll tell you the um, the one of the main factors as to why we are able to come and race with the Arkham and Ard series is because of the composite body. I mean, we obviously, we wrecked at Daytona. Um, we had, uh, com- uh, you know, not completely overhaul our car, but almost every body panel on the car was damaged. Um, so we were able to basically bolt pieces back on, um, at our shop in Anderson, Indiana versus bringing the car to, um, you know, a fab shop in, in Charlotte that obviously saves a team money. Um, you know, it cost me about half as much to fix it as I would have had uh, taken it to a, to a body shop in, 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 you know, in Charlotte. So that helps um, a team like ours because we can just fix it ourselves. Um, so I, I like it in that perspective. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, you know, if you have the capabilities of building a steel body in your own shop, you know the steel bodies are cheaper, so it's it's kind of a you know there's there's teams that it's going to help, there's teams that it's going to hurt. In our particular case, it helps us because we don't have the capabilities of building a steel body, but some teams do. So you know um, I, all I can all I can go off of is just what our race team's capable of, and having the composite bodies helps.
1: Well, and I know that was that was the target uh, of NASCAR's intent. A, a, a large part of it was. To help the underfunded or new starting teams uh, with that start, so uh, obviously depending on sponsorship that, that you bring, that always plays a factor into what you, what each team has as far as capabilities uh, that you mentioned, but. Uh, I'm glad to see that's working, and I know that NASCAR, the, the Xfinity series was based off of the ARCA Menard series with that, with the compo- composite body. So uh, that was all I had for you. I'm going to turn it back over to Sharon, and she uh, has a couple more, I think.
0: Okay. Uh, Greg, I know Talladega Super Speedway and Daytona, for that matter, are tracks that you kind of have to rely on some of the other drivers uh, because it's so aerodynamically dynamically driven. So are there specific drivers that you've developed that comfort level with at, for Talladega? Um,
2: I don't want to say if I've got anybody in particular that I um, – would say i'm comfortable working around um i don't feel like i was in the daytona race long enough to to earn much respect from other drivers i mean it's 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 a two-way street you know you gotta you gotta do things to, to earn the other drivers respect um but uh you know like at daytona um i reached out to drew dollar and just asked him you know some things um, you know just talking to him in the garage area what to expect and things like that so you know, during the race, that's probably the the guys that I'll look for. Obviously, Drews the defending winner of this race, so um, you know I'll probably try to try to stick with guys that have got experience and, and race wins at the at plate races. Um, because obviously, if they've won at these races, they got they they got to have a general idea of what they're doing. So, um, more than anything, it'll just be um, looking to the some of the guys that have got some experience.
0: Okay. Uh, Yeah, that's always good. I know sometimes the drivers will follow an experienced driver just to see what they're doing and kind of learn from them as well. Uh, And the good news, too, I know in in the Cup Series, the manufacturers like to work together because the cars are kind of designed to fit together a little more easily. So, is, is that the case in the automatic series? Will, will you likely look for other Chevrolets, or does it really matter?
2: Well, um, personally, it doesn't really matter to me um, what manufacturer somebody's driving, mainly just because we don't have any manufacturer support. Um, so to me, it's more about the team, the, you know, the guys on the team and the, and the, uh, the driver in the seat. Um, obviously I've built some relationships with, uh, Chad Bryant and his team and his guys on his team. So, you know, if I can work with Jack Wood, which does happen to be in a Chevrolet as well, um, you know, I would probably, probably work with him. Um, you know, I'm, I, uh, I worked with some of the Venturini cars at Daytona. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really, to me, it's more about, um, the personal relationships, the, the, the camaraderie. Um, that I have with a few of the guys versus uh versus the the make of the car um now, if uh Chevrolet wants to throw us a few bones then then maybe I'd only work for Chevrolet
0: <laughs> there you go, there you go, okay now um what's gonna be next for you or i I believe i uh, Chris told me that you're gonna be racing at Kansas after this is, is that right,
2: yep. Yep, so after uh, after Talladega we are on a mad scramble to to get the engine out of our Talladega car and get the engine in our Kansas car and uh, get to Kansas. So we are uh, we're in full plans to, to race at Kansas.
0: Okay, and that race is also going to be televised on FS1. It uh, should start around 12, well actually 1.30 Eastern time uh, for that Kansas race on FS1. So uh, you know, two weeks in a row. Uh, yeah, that hasn't happened in a while. We were talking at the beginning of the show how long we've waited for this next race in the Arkham and Arch series. Is there any other racing that you're doing in between? I know you're, you break the CRA, Arkham series, and you're a champion, 2019 champion there. So are you doing any of that type of racing in between?
2: Uh, we are, our next. CRA Super Series race um, is at uh, I think it's May 22nd at Anderson, our home track. So uh, we were supposed to race there a couple weeks ago, and it got rained out. So um, we basically uh, after after Kansas, I think we got a couple weeks, um, and then we'll be uh, we'll be running the Super at Anderson.
0: Oh, very cool! Uh, very cool to be in your hometown for sure. Anderson, uh, Indiana is uh, the racing country, so uh, that should be a lot of fun for you.
2: Yeah, yeah, and in the weekends that I'm not racing, uh, we're trying to to do some quarter midget racing with my boy at uh, at mm-hmm. mini Indy, and um, uh, in Indianapolis there and. And speaking of Mini Indy, um, we're uh, we're carrying a uh, a decal for them this weekend. Um, Cause we'll have the in-car camera, um, but it's uh, it's hashtag Save Mini Indy. Um, they've uh, they have been told that they need to relocate, so they are losing their um, I guess their property there at the State Fairgrounds, and they are trying to raise money to be able to relocate the racetrack.
0: Wow, I'm so glad you mentioned that uh, so fans can keep an eye out on that. And if they wanted to donate, how can they do that?
2: So they've set up a GoFundMe page. Um, you can uh, access it just by, uh, you know, searching the hashtag SaveMiniIndie on, uh, on GoFundMe. Um, you can look at, their, uh, at the MiniIndie website um, uh, and then uh, access their, uh, their Facebook as well.
0: Okay. Very good. Uh, You know, a lot of tracks are kind of in this situation right now with the pandemic. Uh, Things were pretty rough this past year. So I, I hope they raise enough money that they'll be able to save Mini Indy and uh, they, they will be able to continue on for a long time. So Greg, thank you so much for, for being on the show with us again tonight. We wish you the best out there at Talladega and at Kansas and at Anderson, <laughs> Indiana, and for your son's <laughs> Mini Indy race. So uh, definitely uh, a lot to look forward to there
2: yeah i appreciate it like i said uh thanks for having me on
0: okay any other shout outs before you show
2: yeah it's just as always i'd like to uh to thank um chris with c b fabricating um for everything that they do and and uh hopefully we'll uh we'll put a good show on for them, uh on f s one this weekend
0: okay sounds really good. Okay, and we'll watch for your number 35 car out there at, on the track for the uh, ARCA race uh, that's taking place at Talladega this weekend at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And it's also televised no. on Fox Sports One. So take care, Greg.
2: All righty. Thank you.
0: All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was Greg Van Alst, uh, and he'll be racing for his own race team this weekend out at Talladega Super Speedway. And, uh, Jay, that's, uh, that's pretty exciting for him, all the racing that he's got going on.
1: It is, and I wish him the best of luck. It's always great we get to have the, these teams on. Again, he knows what a, a limited schedule he's running but that doesn't influence him. I, I love to hear that. You know, I, I know it's mm-hmm. unfortunate that there may be that there are some drivers in that position, but, uh, and the, the thing I took from it, he, he said it, you know, I'm here to race. I'm going to race. I, I'm not going to get crazy, crazy with it, but you know, I'm here to race. So this is the one.
0: <laughs> exactly. And that's the, that's what you want. You want to, uh, Definitely. And I like the fact that, uh, it's not just about his racing. His son is out there racing as well. And, uh, he's out there supporting him as well. And, uh, I hope, I hope they do raise enough money for Mindy, Mini Indy, uh, to kind of keep that track going, uh, Jay, because so many tracks have been hurting with the pandemic of this past year.
1: That is one of those. I mean, we have talked about a lot of different sponsors and and initiatives that drivers do. This one, a a very great one, uh, and you you love to see that of a team giving back and and trying to support racing, the industry, because they know where they came from and and the love they have for it to try and help and give back in any way they can.
0: Exactly right. Okay, just a a a couple other notes here as it relates to the Arkham and Art Series at Talladega this weekend. They're going to be racing under a modified live pit stop procedure. There will be a competition caution at or near lap 38, and all cars will be required to make at least one pit stop prior to the last 10 laps of the race. So uh, they're going to get eight tires. There's no adding or removing tires to or from the pit box once it has started. So uh,
1: uh, I'm
0: definitely looking forward to seeing a, the Arkham and Arts series back on track this Saturday at 1 o'clock Eastern Time.
1: That's right. One of those we've been waiting on. We get to check off now, and uh, hopefully that fills the time uh, as we wait for a couple of the others.
0: Exactly, exactly. Okay, let's go ahead and move on now to our uh, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Uh, They are not racing just the weekend. Their next race is going to be at Kansas Speedway. Uh, The Wise Power 200 uh, will take place Saturday, May the 1st, and uh, we'll obviously preview that race next Thursday night. But uh, for now, we're just going to kind of give you guys uh, a few updates to keep everybody in the loop with what's going on. You know, when you think of Kansas, uh, you think of the Wizard of Oz and the yellow brick road.
1: All right. Let me get down here. I had the truck series loaded, but it jumped on me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There we go. As Sharon mentioned, it's a good lead-in. Following that yellow brick road as the Camping World Truck Series is taking this weekend off while the Xfinity Series and Cup Series take on the high banks of Talladega Super Speedway. But the break will be short as they jump back into action next week at Kansas Speedway for the Wise Power 200. That'll be on Saturday, May 1st, and as she said, we'll preview it next week. Now, Kansas has hosted some Camping World Truck Series races, including three last year as part of that schedule reshuffling as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. The series raced a pair of races there in July, with Austin Hillen and Matt Crafton winning, and then the trucks returned in October for the playoffs with Brett Moffitt taking the checkered flag. In total, 19 different drivers have posted a win at the 1.5-mile track, with Crafton leading all drivers with three victories, Cal Bush is the only other driver with multiple wins at the track with two. Amongst the remaining series regulars, only Johnny Sauter joins Crafton Hill and Moffitt as an active winner at the track. Uh, Cup series regular Ross Chastain also has recorded a victory at the track, and I don't know if he's entered into that truck race that weekend.
0: Okay. Uh Also, there's a crew chief spotlight here. Uh, As you recall, John Hunter Nemechek uh, announced his intent to return to the Camping World Truck Series to compete with Kyle Busch Motorsports this year. And the team paired him up with the veteran crew chief, Eric Phillips, Now, this season marks the return to KBM for Phillips. He was originally with the organization from 2010 to 14, and was a vital part in Toyota's record-setting 10 consecutive wins to open the season, serving as crew chief for six of those victories and five with Kyle Busch and then with Eric Jones at Iowa. He has another connection to Nemechek because uh, Phillips First job as an Heskar crew chief was in the Xfinity Series with Nemco Motorsports, which is owned by John Hunter's father, Joe Nemechek. He sat on top of the pit box for one race in 2003, and that's when he was guiding Joe Nemechek to a victory. Now, Phillips has 39 wins under his belt in the series, including two this year already, two with John Hunter Nemechek. That, That 39 is the most in the series for any crew chief, with 29 of them coming from KBM in the truck series. Now, Check entered this season with six, win- six wins to his credit in the truck series, and it appears that matching him up with Phillips has been the perfect formula for the KBM as the duo has already recorded, as we mentioned earlier, two victories this season. So I believe there might be a few more wins in the books for those guys before this is all said and done.
1: I, I was just going to say that would have been my follow-up of of that's quite the resume, and I think it's only going to increase here this season. <laughs> Following off of that with KBM, uh, Toyota tops in the trucks so far season. this season. While much of the focus of Victory Lane in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series has been on Kyle Busch Motorsports with their four consecutive wins in the most recent four races, what may be overlooked is that Toyota has actually started the season with six straight wins. Thor uh, Thor Sport Racing's Ben Rhodes opened the season by sweeping the races on the two Daytona configurations, and then KBM started their streak. With John Hunter Nemechek winning at Las Vegas, team owner Kyle Busch taking the checkered flag at Atlanta, Martin Truex on the dirt at Bristol, believe it or not, and then Nemechek once again in victory lane last weekend at Richmond. Now, this marks the fourth time uh, in history that a manufacturer started the season with six or more wins in as many races, and is the second time that Toyota has done it. As Sharon mentioned, Toyota actually owns the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series records for the most consecutive wins to start a season with 10 back in 2014. Dodge and Chevrolet have, each, have each had seasons with eight wins to start out. Chevrolet did it in 1995 and Dodge in 2001. The record-setting Toyota run in 2014 has one thing in common with the current streak, Imagine that. It's Kyle Busch. Busch <laughs> won five of those ten opening wins that season. And we'll Take a look at that. some of those streaks. Again, 2014. Oh, this is all. Okay, this is the record streak of 2014. Uh, Kyle Busch won at Day, uh, Daytona. Matt Crafton won at Martinsville. Kyle Busch at Kansas. Charlotte and Dover. He had his own little streak there. Matt Crafton then at Texas, mm-hmm. Bubba Wallace at Gateway, then we get back to Kyle Busch at Kentucky, Eric Jones at Iowa, and then Bubba Wallace once again, that was at El Dora on the dirt. Now looking at the drivers standing in the Camping World Truck Series, Toyota drivers obviously then hold six of the top seven slots and seven of the top ten positions. Nemechek and Rhodes are sitting one, two in the standings, while Austin Hill and Matt Crafton are fourth and fifth, respectively. Okay.
0: Uh, We've got a few minutes here, so I want to kind of go over the point standings uh, here for the truck series as well. Uh, We've got, uh, this is after the Richmond, raceway race that they had. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek is at the top of the list, but joining him uh, there just 20 points behind is Ben Rhodes. Both of those drivers, by the way, have two race wins. Uh, The difference between them and the reason that John Hunter is above Ben Rhodes is because he has the six stage win points. Uh, that separate them by those six points uh between first and second. Uh, in third place is Sheldon Creed, and then was got Austin Hill, and Matt Crafton uh, rounding out the top five. Now, n- those last three drivers, Creed, Hill, and Crafton, so far they don't have any wins this, this season. Uh, not to say that they can't win sometime before uh, the regular season ends, but right now... They are at zero. Uh, sixth place through tenth place are also all at zero. Uh, that would be Stuart Freezing, Grant Infinger, Zane Smith, Todd Gilliland, and Johnny Sauter. So your, that is your top ten drivers in the Camping World Truck Series. Uh, and the only two drivers with victories this season are John Hunter Niemicek, and Ben Rhodes. So, that's because you had Kyle Bush who won one of those races and Martin Truex who won the other one. So uh, six races, uh, those are your winners in those six races. So uh, if you look at the cutoff here, though, Jay, uh, below the cut line you've got two of the rookies with Carson Hosobar in 11th, Chandler Smith in 12th, and then there's Austin Wayne South, who's actually tied with Carson with Chandler Smith, and then Raphael uh just eight points back from them, from uh, Austin Wayne South. So this is going to be interesting uh, as the season continues over uh, who's going to be on top of that line when the playoffs begin.
1: Well, and I want to throw a quick twist in there if I can. Because at this point, to the best of my knowledge, and Sharon, if you have any information, please share it, Grant Infinger only has five of the six starts. So uh, as far as I know, he hasn't asked for and and, or then been approved as a waiver from NASCAR. So technically, he would drop out. Kosovo would be in in 11th, and that cut line would move down uh, there uh, one spot, leaving Chandler Smith and Austin Way self 10 points back, and they're tied. Uh, Like I said, that's the best of my knowledge at this point.
0: Right. But I got to think that if he gets a victory (laughs) this season, uh, I think he might be looking for that waiver uh, to put him into the playoffs. We'll have to see what happens. Um, And he may ask for the waiver even if he's in on points. But uh we'll see how many races he actually is able to get in this season. Uh, and we've had we've had exceptions, so we'll have to see if this kind of lines up with what happened to Kyle Bush when he uh broke his uh ankle. At uh, Daytona, he missed 11 races, was granted the waiver when he was able to come back and get some victories, and he went on to win the championship. Could Grant Infinger be in line for that uh, with a waiver from NASCAR this year? Does that equal that same kind of opportunity? We'll
1: have to wait and see. Well, and that's why I say I know there's been a lot of talk about it. I haven't even seen anything from the team or Grant and Finger specifically addressing it, uh, but that don't mean there ain't a lot of talk out there about it. And the other one I think that where a waiver was granted here, I know in the Camping World Truck Series, was uh, based on the age requirement. Uh, And I'm trying to think back to the driver that it was that was ineligible initially ineligible because they had to miss a couple races early in the season due to not being old enough to run on all the tracks, and NASCAR granted the waiver with where where they finished the year.
0: Okay. Um, I'm not sure who that
1: was right offhand. I want to say it was Tyler Ankrum like two years ago.
0: Oh, when he made the playoffs. Yeah, that might have been it.
1: I do, I do believe so. Right. A, I, think, I think it was Ankram, but
0: Yeah, that sounds like uh, it is correct. So uh, it's, a, it's a really good point. Uh, and, you know, the thing that kind of stands out to me, because we've talked about this for a couple of weeks now, is that all of the series have something going on. Uh, That is going to make The playoffs I think a little bit Different this season So here we are talking about it In the Camping World Truck Series Some little caveats that are going on This year uh, that could make A difference when it comes down to the
1: playoffs So we'll
0: have to wait and see How this story ends
1: Certainly uh, Looking forward to it and wish Grant Infinger all the best again I know he's Trying everything he can to put together Deals one way or another
0: Yes, he is, and uh, he's had some support from uh, uh, Marcus Limonis, uh, with the Camping Low Truck Series, who has been so generous in helping support drivers that need that extra funding this year. And uh, uh, I'm really glad to see him getting behind a driver like Grant Enfinger for this.
1: Yeah, most certainly. Uh, We have talked about that as a sponsor. They are going above and beyond, uh, doing some great things there with Camping World.
0: They they really are. And uh, it's it's fun to see. And uh, I think it really, really does make a difference, Uh, definitely for the drivers, but for the fans as well. Uh, the race has got to be better when you've got more competition on the track. And Grant Tienfinger is certainly one of those drivers that is able to compete. And with Talladega being his home track, he would like nothing more than to be able to come home with a victory uh, at Talladega.
1: Yeah, I can only imagine the uh, victory celebration there, that's for sure. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I know we're we're a little ahead here,
0: but let's go ahead and get into uh, the Xfinity Series. Uh, they're next. And uh, they are racing at Talladega Super Speedway. Again, this Saturday, it will happen after that ARCA race at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and the pre-race coverage will start at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Fox Sports 1, as well as radio coverage on MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. Now, they are going to be racing a distance of 300.58 miles over 113 laps. The first two stages, there are 25 laps apiece. So, stage one will end on lap 25, stage two on lap 50, and, of course, the last stage ends on the last lap, lap 113. So... Uh, let's go ahead and get started with our preview here in the Xfinity series.
1: Well, we start with a a throwback here, and it is an announcement coming for uh, Darlington upcoming, but Tommy Joe Martins will be running the Rich Bickle throwback. As Martin Motorsports announced that Tommy Joe Martins will run a Rich Bickle throwback scheme for the Darlington throwback weekend. Martins will run the 1999 Lucky Dog 1010 345 paint team in the Steakhouse Elite 200s coming up on May 9th with the number 44's primary sponsorship coming from Capital City Holland. Martins has six starts at Darlington with an average finish of 28.3 and a best finish of 22nd coming in 2018.
0: Okay, well, these next couple are all about Darlington as well and some of the special paint schemes that we'll be seeing. Sam Hunt Racing is sporting Kyle Petty's Hot Wheels paint scheme at Darlington as well. Brandon Godovic with Sam Hunt Racing will honor Kyle Petty's 1997 Hot Wheels paint scheme for the throwback weekend at Darlington Raceway. Petty accumulated two top fives and nine top ten finishes in 32 races during that season and had a best finish of third. Now Godovic, who will be making his first start at Darlington this weekend, is also going to be sponsored by Snap Mobile Shop. So, uh, it's, good. Darlington is always fun with the throwback schemes, and that's going to be one of the more popular ones, I think.
1: Well, another popular one going from Pettys to Earnhardt, the Allgaier honoring Dale Earnhardt at Darlington. Justin Allgaier always has a throwback paint scheme that stands out for the Darlington throwback weekend, and he will do it again this season with good humor as the sponsor. Algaro run a throwback scheme honoring Dale Earnhardt and the GM Goodrich Service Tasmanian Devil Paint Scheme that was run in the 2000 Daytona 500. In that race, Earnhardt started and finished 21st.
0: Okay, now talking about Dega, uh, LS Tractor is sponsoring Jeff Burton this weekend. LS Tractor is a longtime partner of Jeb Burton and will be his primary partner on his colleague racing's number 10 Chevrolet at Talladega Super Speedway. Now, LS Tractor has been voted Best Tractor Manufacturer for the last five consecutive years. Uh, the company offers subcompact, compact, and utility tractors and has been in business for more than 35 years. LS Factor will serve as an associate partner for the rest of the season on the number 10 as well. So that's good news for Jeff Burton. Uh,
1: More good news for the Xfinity Series this weekend isn't about sponsorship but driver more so as Natalie Decker will make the first of four total starts scheduled with our motorsports in the NASCAR Xfinity Series starting this Saturday at Talladega Super Speedway. She made her Xfinity debut in February at the Daytona Road Course. That was with RSS Racing and the Rheum Brothers Racing. Originally, she was going to run the first to be, sorry, originally that was going to be the first of five races for her in that car. However, our motorsports acquired the number 23 car, and now Decker will remain, run her remaining races with that team. Uh, she will be behind, be behind the wheel at Nashville Super Speedway, Road America, and Martinsville as well. And Decker will become the ninth different Xfinity Series female competitor to race at Talladega Super Speedway, joining Patty Moise, Tina Gordon, Danica Patrick, uh, Joanna Long, Shauna Robin, Robinson, Kim Crosby, Chrissy Wallace, and Jennifer Joe Cobbs. The best finish by a female competitor in the NASCAR Xfinity Series at Talladega Super Speedway uh, was seventh, and that was by Patty Moise on July 22nd, back in 1995, where Moise started 13th. Uh, Tina Gordon, with 10th, is the only other driver, female competitor to finish in the top 10 there at Talladega in the Xfinity Series, and that was on April 5th of 2003. So hopefully Natalie can uh, add her name to that list uh, of female drivers.
0: Okay. Uh, a driver making his debut this weekend in the Cup Series is Harrison Burton. He's an Xfinity Series regular, regular but he's going to hit the big stage this weekend to make his NASCAR Cup Series debut on Sunday at Talladega Super Speedway in the Geico 500 for Gaunt Brothers Racing. Now, Burton will pilot their number 96 Dex Imaging Toyota in his first-ever Cup start. Burton, who is in his sophomore season in the Xfinity Series with Joe Gibbs Racing, won four races last year and will also be making his 50th career Xfinity Series start on Saturday before heading to the Cup Series on Sunday. Burton has made two Xfinity Series starts in Talladega. He finished 32nd in his first due to a crash, and more recently, he finished 23rd. So uh, this is going to be a great uh, learning experience for uh, Harrison Burton. I see this as an opportunity for him to get his feet wet uh, at Talladega in a cup car and. See what the differences are between racing a Cup Series vehicle and the Xfinity Series car.
1: <clears throat> well, let me tell you that hearing that as you read through that just makes me feel old and how how time flies because I remember when he was 16 and I got to meet him and talk with him there at uh, Memphis uh, Motorsports Park and, and that 50 race uh, 50 races already in the Xfinity Series. I was like, wow, that's, that's already happened. <laughs>
0: It is amazing.
1: All right. Next, we're going to look at the Xfinity Series playoff bubble, who's in and who's out. With six different race winners so far in 2021 and four drivers already locked in the NASCAR Xfinity Series playoffs, there's still a lot of shakeups each week in this playoff picture. With Josh Berry's two win, two win two weeks ago at Martinsville and Berry not running a full-time season, He is not locked into the playoffs, and as a result, the standings were shaken up in another way. Daniel Hemrick has stayed so consistent and keeps the highest playoff spot without a win. He's 117 points above the cut line, has three stage wins, and three playoff points, and then he finished third at Martinsville. In terms of maybe the biggest surprises in the playoff outlook so far, two drivers are standing out. Jeremy Clements has been in the top 12 for most of the season and has shown speed all year long. Clements is currently 40 points above the playoff cut line and finished 14th at Martinsville. The biggest jump in the standings uh, that is notable is Noah Gregson. Now, Gregson, who won the Dash for Cash prize at Martinsville, as well as finishing second, had been sitting below the playoff cut line prior to Martinsville. But with a solid finish at that track, he's now above the cut line in 11th. His junior motorsports teammate, Michael Annette, also jumped ahead of the cut line as the last driver in the uh, top 12, but he's only 10 points to the good. And with the positive, there's a negative. Unfortunately, that was Brandon Brown, who fell below the cut line after finishing 27th at Martinsville. Again, only 10 points back from Annette. Now of the drivers inside the playoff outlook, uh, top 12 that are still looking for a win this season, Justin Haley has the best average finish at Talladega Super Speedway with a 3.0. Noah Gregson is a 7.0. Mentioned Jim Burton is at 10.0. Brandon Jones, 15.3. Jeremy Clements, 21.7. Daniel Hemrick, 22. Michael Annette, 23. And Harrison Burton, 27.5. So as we look there, a couple that we didn't mention, uh, it is Austin Sindrick who's at the top of the points with 317. He's got two wins, 14 playoff points clearly locked in. Other ones with wins, A.J. Almendinger has six playoff points. Myatt Schneider with five. Justin Algar with uh, one win. These each have one win, sorry and five playoff points. Then we get into, at 275 points, Daniel Hemrick, 242 is Harrison Burton, Justin Haley is at 230, uh, Jeb Burton, 221, Jeremy Clements at 198, Brandon Jones, 187, and then Noah Gregson and Michael Annette tied actually at 11th at 168 points. Uh, There's only a couple of them. Gregson has one point for a stage win. Brandon Jones, one point for a stage win. And Daniel Hemrick we mentioned with three. So uh, some interesting things, as Sharon mentioned, each, each series has their own little quirks there on this playoff bubble and what's happening.
0: It is so true. Okay, Uh, next up we'll take a look at the rookies and the manufacturers. Did you want to go over that, or you kind of did, I guess? Uh,
1: I can do that real quick, yeah. Uh, Okay. Ty Gibbs is uh, leading that Sunoco Rookie of the Year standings, currently has 128 points and two awards. I'm
0: sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I thought I was talking about the chart. Did you go over the chart?
1: Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's what. Okay, yeah, I used the notes from the chart there. Yep. Okay. Okay. You go ahead and take the real. Uh,
0: I can do that. I I just wasn't sure if you'd t- get gone over the chart. Okay. Um, as as uh, Jay just mentioned, Ty Gibbs uh, is leading the Sunoco Rookie of the Year standings, uh, right now with 128 points and two awards. But Josh Berry now is just eight points behind him with 120 and two awards after he won at Martinsville. Now, Ryan Vargas is in third place at 61 points. He has three awards. Uh, Unfortunately, Jordan Anderson and Sam Mayer have still not been able to make a start in the Xfinity Series in 2021. So right now they still have no points accounted for at this time. Chevrolet on the manufacturer's side is leading the championship points right now. They have four wins and 261 points. Myatt Snyder, A.J. Allmendinger, Justin Allgower, and Josh Berry uh, got Chevrolet their four wins. Toyota is second in the manufacturer's standings. They have one win in 249 points, and Ford's one win came from Ty Gibbs. That doesn't sound right. Ty Gibbs is in his Toyota. Isn't that right? Yeah,
1: I think that was a misprint. They didn't even correct the misprint from last week.
0: Yeah, that's Toyota. came from Ty Gibson at Road Course. Uh, Ford right now is in third place in the manufacturer standings with 242 points and two wins. Their two wins came from Austin Sendrick, uh in both the season opener and, again, at Phoenix Raceway. So there's your update on both the rookies and the manufacturers.
1: Well, she talked about rookies. I like them, but I like money more. And uh, the series <laughs> is showing the money. As Gregson wins that first Dash for Cash prize, Talladega is now on deck. The NASCAR Xfinity Series Dash for Program was designed to add elements of unpredictability and drama leading up to and during the NASCAR uh, four designated races, uh, increase on-track competition, as well as engage fans and reward and recognize the NASCAR Series regular competitors. The NASCAR Xfinity Series Dash for Cash Pro uh, will take place here at four tracks in 2021. Martinsville Speedway was on April 9th. The top four regulars from that one uh, is what locked into Talladega Super Speedway, which will be this weekend. Then Darlington Raceway on May 8th and Dover International Speedway uh, on May 15th. And let me correct myself there. Martinsville Speedway was the first race. The Martin uh, March 20th race at Atlanta Speedway, Atlanta Motor Speedway was that initial qualifier for the 2021 Dash for Cash program. The top four full-time finishers in the Atlanta race are who qualified for the first round of the Dash for Cash at Martinsville. And that was Justin Auger, Harrison Burton, Noel Gregson, and A.J. Allmendinger. Junior Motorsports, Noah Gregson ultimately won that first $100,000 bonus at Martinsville and is now eligible again this weekend at Talladega Super Speedway along with his teammate Josh Berry and and then Joe Gibbs Racing's teammates Daniel Hemrick and Brandon Jones. Now that Dash for Cash winner and the next three highest finishing full-time NASCAR Xfinity Series drivers at Talladega We'll then qualify for that next round of the Dash for cash program at Darlington and that format will continue uh, through Dover. So when we take a look at the four eligible at Talladega we'll start with Noah Gregson he'll make his fifth start at Talladega on Saturday he has two top fives, three top tens and an average finish of 7.0 He leads uh, he's led 40 laps and his best finish came at the second race at the Alabama track last season. Daniel Hemrick, he's making his fourth start at Talladega this weekend. He has one top five finish and one top ten. His best finish also came last season in the second race at Talladega, which was fifth, and his average start of 3.0, the average finish of 22.0. Brandon Jones, he's got the most starts at Talladega among all the four dash for cash qualifiers. He's got six starts. and This will be his seventh start on Saturday. He's got two top fives, two top tens, has led 38 laps, an average finish of 10 point, I'm sorry, average start at 10.8. The average finish is 15.8. His best finish, though, was a runner up in 2018. Maybe the one with momentum, uh, is limited. Josh Berry will be making his first Xfinity Series start at Talladega Super Speedway this weekend with Junior Motorsports. Now, remember, you don't have to win the race. It's just to be the best out of those four, no matter where they finish. As long as you beat those other three, you're taking home that $100,000.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Okay, taking on Dega, Talladega Super Speedway has had 30 30- NASCAR Xfinity Series races, starting with the inaugural race on July 25, 1992. That race was won by Ernie Irvin. Now, Dale Earnhardt won the second Xfinity Series race at Talladega in '93 after starting in the 22nd position. The 30 Xfinity Series races at Talladega have produced 21 different pole winners and 24 different race winners. The youngest winner was Haley last season at 21 years, one month, and 23 days. The oldest winner was Mac McLaughlin in 2001 at 44 years, six months, and 16 days. Mark Martin holds the race record at Talladega from 97 at uh, 168.937 miles per hour. And Joe Nemechek holds the qualifying record at 193 miles, uh, 0.517 miles per hour, also in 1997. Nemechek holds the record for the most races. He has 22. He has five poles. He has seven top fives and nine top tens. Lead lap finishes at fourteen and laps completed two thousand and one hundred and fifty-three and laps led at two hundred and two at Talladega. Now Martin Drex Jr. has the most wins at Talladega in the Xfinity series. He has three victories there in two thousand four, five and six, and then Joey Logano is tied with Nimachek with seven top five finishes. Clint Boyer still holds the best average start at Talladega in the series at 5.375. And Logano has the longest, uh, Logano has the best average finish at 5.125. Now this weekend's race, the AG Pro 300 uh, is uh, actually going to be 113 laps, 300.58 miles, as we mentioned earlier. Justin Haley is the only active NASCAR Xfinity Series Talladega winner that is entered in this weekend's event.
1: I love these pieces where we get to bring up some of these names. Uh, Magic Shoe, Mike McLaughlin, uh, Swervin' Irvin, Ernie (laughs) Irvin. I love hearing those names come back up and the memories it brings with them. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, the Xfinity Series uh, was on a break, but they're back in action as the Series heads to Alabama. They were off last weekend as the Camping World Truck Series and NASCAR Cup Series took on Richmond Raceway. But prior to that, the Xfinity Series was on track at Martinsville, Virginia for the Cookout 250. The race was postponed over, uh, after weather took over during the originally scheduled start on Friday. Uh, they then ran it on Sunday, April 11th, and the series crowned another first-time winner in junior motorsports, Josh Barry. Barry, who drives part-time this season, uh, took the lead from Joe Gibbs Racing's Ty Gibbs on lap 223 out of the 250, and then held on to it the rest of the way in only his 13th series start. Barry crossed the finish line 0.590 seconds before his junior motorsports teammate Noah Gregson now, Gregson did pick up that extra payday of $100,000 as that highest finishing among the four Dash for Cash eligible drivers to kick off that initiative. And Barry led a race-high 95 laps and became the first driver to win an Xfinity Series race in that number eight car since Dale Earnhardt Jr. did it himself, uh, back winning back at Michigan in 2006. Mr. Consistent, Daniel Hemrick, finished third Ty Gibbs slid back to fourth, and his Joe Gibbs Racing teammate Brandon Jones rounded out the top five. Uh, series leader Austin Sindrick was sixth, followed by Harrison Burton, Justin Haley, Justin Algar, and then Michael Annette. A couple of things to hit on here. All four are Junior Motorsport Chevrolets and Joe Gibbs Racing Toyotas finished in the top ten. And as I mentioned, Barry is now eligible for the Dash for Cash bonus at the next event, which will be this weekend's Talladega Super Gregson, Hemrick, and Jones. Starting lineup for this weekend's race, uh, race were determined by the metric qualifying. As a result, Austin Sindrick will start on the pole with Daniel Hemrick joining him on the front row. Collegue Racing's Justin Haley won this event last season uh, from the first starting position the third driver all-time to accomplish that feat, joining Tony Stewart in 2008 and front row Joe, Joe Nemechek, back in
0: 1998. Okay, and speaking of college racing, Justin Haley, he's hoping to make it three straight wins at Talladega. He swept both the Talladega Super Speedway races uh, race weekend last season in the number 11 Chevrolet, and this weekend he's definitely one to keep an eye on as he tries to become just the second driver in series history to win three straight NASCAR Xfinity Series races at Talladega Super Speedway. The other driver that has done that is Martin Truex Jr., who did it from 2004 through 2006. Now, the spring race at Talladega last season was 2 hours, 12 minutes, and 22 seconds long with an average speed of 136.249 miles per hour. There were 6 cautions for 22 laps and 22 lead changes. The margin of victory was um, .299 seconds. There were 4,184 green flag passes. 46 per Green 5 lap, and Ross Chastain finished in the race last year, making it a Colleague Racing 1-2 sweep. Jeff Burton, who is now piloting the number 10 Chevrolet, finished in third place, then driving for Junior Motorsports. Haley has a good shot as any this weekend at Talladega. The pre-race loop data has listed him with the best driver rating on the track at 103.0, North Gregson has has the second-best driver rating at 97.1. In total, Haley has made three series strikes at Talladega, posting two wins, three top 10s, and an average finish of 3.0, which is the series'
1: best. Certainly some good information there. Almost makes one want to pick him for a fantasy pick, huh, Sharon? Sure. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. I'm reading all of this and I'm thinking, who did I pick? I'm going, i got to change that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I didn't see what time that came in, but I did see it had gotten changed. So I was like, wonder if that was as she was reading that? <laughs> <laughs> just about,
0: just about. Okay, so that does it, I guess, for the... Um, Yeah, I think that does it for the Xfinity Series. So we'll go ahead and move on to the Cup Series, and hopefully we'll have enough time to give an update uh, at the end here uh, before we get into hot topics on our fantasy group. Okay, Uh, the NASCAR Cup Series is racing the Geico 500 at Talladega this Sunday, April the 25th at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. The coverage will be on Fox Sports starting at 1.30 uh, p.m. Eastern Time and the radio coverage on MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. They'll be racing a distance of 500 miles over 188 laps. And the first two stages are 60 laps each uh, with the first stage ending on lap 60, the second on lap 120, and, of course, the final stage always ends on the last lap, lap 188. So... Uh, let's go ahead and get into our Cup Series here, Jay.
1: All right. Well, we've talked about this driver with only one win and where he's at in the playoffs. Right now it's uh, outside, but Front Row Motorsports, Michael McDowell will be looking for another trip to Victory Lane. The NASCAR Cup Series started competing at Daytona International Speedway and Talladega Super Speedway twice a year at each track back in 1970. Since then, no driver has ever swept all four races at Daytona and Talladega. Only twice has the driver won three of the four season races at the two tracks in the NASCAR Cup Series. And that was Pete Hamilton accomplished the feat in 1970, winning the Daytona 500 and both races at Talladega that year. Bobby Allison is the one that spoiled Hamilton's four-race sweep by winning the summer Daytona race. The second time it happened was in 1990 when NASCAR Hall of Famer Dale Earnhardt won both races at Talladega in the summer Daytona race. Uh, Earnhardt almost swept all four that year in 1990. I know where this one's going. He led a race high 155 laps in 1990 Daytona 500, was coming to the checkered flag for the win when he blew a tire in turns three and four, allowing Garrett Cope to pass him for the win. Now this week, this weekend, Michael McDowell has the opportunity to become the ninth different driver in the NASCAR Cup Series to win the Daytona 500 and go on to win the first race of the season at Talladega Superspeedway. Mentioned Pete Hamilton in 1970. Mm-hmm. Buddy Baker did it in 1980. Cale Yarbrough in 1984. Bill Elliott in 85. Mm-hmm. Davey Allison in 1992. Jeff Gordon in 2005, and Jimmy Johnson in 2006. McDowell has made 20 starts at Talladega, posting a best finish of fifth in 2019. And that would be, there's another heck of a list to be able to put your name on.
0: Yes, indeed. And Michael McDowell just might do it. So, uh, again, I can't wait for the rest of that story to, to be told. Okay, uh again, let's take a look at the Cup Series Sunoco Rookie Update. Uh, Stuart Hawes Racing's Chase Briscoe continues to hold a big lead. He's plus 54 points now on his fellow Sunoco Rookie of the Year contender and front row motorsports driver Anthony Alfredo in the rookie standings through nine races this season. Now, both drivers are still finding their footing this season, uh, through those nine races, Briscoe has posted an average finish of 22.7, while Alfredo's average finish is at 29.1. Both drivers are making their NASCAR Cup Series track debut this weekend at Talladega, and both have had previous experience at the track in the Xfinity Series. Now, Briscoe has made four Xfinity Series starts at Talladega, posting one top 5 finish, which was the fourth. And an average finish of 14.2 Talladega, posting one top 10 finish at sixth and an average finish at 9.0. So who knows, uh, Alfredo might be the one that, uh, beats, uh, Briscoe this weekend at Talladega. Uh, but, uh, it just shows how tough it is to transition from the Xfinity series to the Cup series. Jay?
1: It cer- Jay, it certainly you? does. Okay. No, nope, we're good. Um, talking about that, I know uh, Chase Briscoe came in with some anticipation, but it is quite the jump to the Cup Series. Now, don't don't hear me rhyming this one. I might have messed it up earlier, but this one is true. It's going to be li- Live Fast Motorsports on our NASCAR Hall of Famer Red Farmer at Talladega. They're doing their uh, throwback there a little bit early uh, for good reason. This weekend at Talladega Super Speedway, Live Fast Fast Motorsports will honor NASCAR Hall of Famer Red Farmer, adorning the number 78 in Farmer's Long Lewis Ford paint scheme. Long Lewis started sponsoring Farmer back in 1962, and the iconic gold and white paint scheme Will hit the high banks at the Super Speedway once again for Sunday's race in the Geico 500. Uh, there's so much history there. I know Darlington is the throwback weekend, but to do it at, at Farmer's Home Track at Talladega is so special.
0: It is, and and that's exactly why they're doing it because uh, this is his home track, and he's able to be there hopefully <laughs> uh, to you know appreciate it and and uh, be a part of it. So the mighty Vulcan Trophy awaits Talladega Super Speedway's Geico 500 winner. It stands more than 38 inches tall and weighs over 130 pounds uh, and is called the Vulcan Trophy. Uh, Talladega Super Speedway's tradition that started in the fall of 2016 is a locally made that will be found in Victory Lane after the checkered flag falls. Sunday's race. The trophy is handmade and miniature version of the colossal Vulcan statue, a 56-foot tall structure fastened to a 124-foot platform that stands tall over the city of Birmingham, Alabama, just 45 minutes west of the racetrack. It is the largest cast-iron statue in the world and is the main attraction at Birmingham's Vulcan Park Museum. So you can actually go to their website, visit Vulcan.com, uh to learn more about that. Each trophy is handcrafted by local artists from Sloth Furnaces in Birmingham, pouring hot iron into a created cast, then chiseled into perfection. So Team Penske driver Joey Logano was the inaugural recipient of the Vulcan Trophy after his triumph in the fall of 2016. I was and he he was pumped to be that first driver uh, to win that trophy. So have have you seen it, Jay? Jay what they're talking about the uh, the 124 foot platform that holds that 56 foot tall structure.
1: Well, I'll tell you what I was going to say. Sadly enough, I've not been to the park. But if you're around Birmingham, obviously not quite as uh, visible as the Arch, but if you're anywhere within the, the city limits there of Birmingham, you can see it from the a long way around. So I have seen it from afar. I've not been able to or taken the opportunity, I guess I should say, to visit uh, Vulcan Park there. But uh, it is on my list of things to do one of these times that I'm over there in Birmingham.
0: Okay. Let's take a look at the
1: playoff picture. All right. On the cup side, eight uh, playoff picture, eight winners, eight spots, still open. Hendrick Motorsports' Alex Bowman snatched the win away from Joe Gibbs Racing's Denny Hamlin last weekend at Richmond Raceway to become the eighth different winner in nine races this season in the NASCAR Cup Series. Now Bowman has now locked himself into the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs, and added his name to the list of contenders in the NASCAR All-Star Race at Texas Motor Speedway coming up on June 13th. With eight winners already in the books, uh, that leaves eight postseason spots still up for grabs as the series heads to one of the wildest events on the schedule, the Geico 500 at Talladega Super Speedway this Sunday. And Look down the list, Martin Truex, uh, has two wins, he is 100% locked in, and has 11 stage points. Logano is second, one win, seven playoff points. William Byron, one win and six playoff points. Ryan Blaney's one win, but he has eight playoff points, along with Kyle Larson, same stat line. Uh, Christopher Bell and Alex Bowman and Michael McDowell all have the one win, but no stage wins, so they're sitting at five playoff points. Uh, and that those points range from 353 down to 199, now in eighth. Ninth spot, points-wise, would be at the top is Denny Hamlin. No wins, but he has five stage wins, so he's has five playoff points, looking to be your regular season champion. As the next one back is Chase Elliott at 285 points. Now, Elliott does have one stage win for one uh, playoff point. Here's where it gets interesting, 11th through 16th. Kevin Harvick is 11th, uh, 273 points, zero's on his stat line. Brad Keselowski in 12th at 269, one playoff point for a stage win. Kyle Busch is at 245, Austin Dillon at 239, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at 222, Kurt Busch at 214. None of them have built up any playoff points yet. Now, all eight of the drivers currently in the NASCAR Cup Series playoff outlook without a win this season have won at Daytona or Talladega previously. Brad Keselowski has five Talladega wins. Denny Hamlin, two Talladega wins. Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. each have one Talladega win, Uh have, uh, with uh, having won at Talladega, but are looking for their first win this season. Now, Austin Dillon and Kurt Busch, they each have one win, but it was at Daytona. So a lot of things. Uh, again, Talladega always shakes up the points.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, the series points leader, though, is on a hot streak with a, he's letting away the top. Fives. Joe Gibbs Racing's Denny Hamlin continues to build his massive lead in the NASCAR Cup Series driver standings, riding a hot streak at top five that has reached eight straight, the longest streak of top five finishes of his cup career. Now, the Chesterfield, Virginia native heads to Talladega Super Speedway. We all know it's a wild card event, and he's the most recent driver to master taking the checker flight there last October and he might continue his streak at top fives and try to become the ninth different driver to win consecutive races at the 2.66-mile track. He would join Pete Hamilton with a 70-sweep. Buddy Baker had a 75-sweep in uh, 76. Darrell Waltrip did it in, with a sweep in 82. Dale Earnhardt in 90, 93 to 94. 99, he swept. Then Sterling Marlin in 95 and 96, Dale Earnhardt Jr. in 2001 and 3, Jeff Gordon had a 2007 sweep, and Ryan Blaney from 19 to 20. If Hamilton finishes in the top five for the ninth time in just 10 races of the season... He will become the third different driver to accomplish such a peak in the Cup Series joining NASCAR Hall of Famer Kale Yarborough who did it in 70 and Dale Waltrip who did it in 1979. Hall of Famer Kale Yarborough holds the NASCAR Cup Series record for most consecutive top 5 finishes to start a season with 9 straight in the first 9 races of the season in 1974. This season, Hamilton has made nine starts and put up eight top fives, the series most among active drivers. He has an average finish of 4.2, the series best among active drivers, and he's also led a quarter of the laps run this season, which is 694 laps led. That represents 26.75% of the total laps run. At Talladega, Hamilton has made 30 starts, Posting two wins in 14 and 20, nine top fives, the series most among active drivers, and 13 top tens.
1: Well, when we talk about Kings of Dega and Daytona, uh, the call it the art of drafting on tracks like Daytona International Speedway and Talladega Super Speedway is a skill not every driver can master, but for the ones that can learn to manipulate that air to their benefit at nearly 200 miles per hour, have found the spoils of victory lane in some of the NASCAR Cup Series' biggest races. No driver has been more successful in points-paying races at at both Daytona and Talladega than NASCAR Hall of Famer Dale Earnhardt with 13 combined victories. He's got 10 wins at Talladega coming in 1983, 84, a 90 sweep, 91, 93, 94, a sweep again in 99, and then in 2000. And three wins at Daytona coming in 1990, 1990, 93, and 98. In total, 85 drivers have visited Victory Lane at at Daytona and Talladega in the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, This weekend at Talladega Super Speedway, nine active drivers have won at the 2.66-mile track, and 16 have either won at Daytona or Talladega. Of those active drivers, Brad Keselowski leads the way with six total, one at Daytona, five at Talladega. Denny Hamlin, five total, three at Daytona, two at Talladega. Joey Logano, his is split one at Daytona, three at Talladega. Kevin Harvick's is the other way. He's got three, two at Daytona, one at Talladega. Eric Elmirola, Kyle Busch, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. split evenly, one each uh, at those tracks. Ryan Blaney, he's got two at Talladega. Austin Dillon has one at Daytona. Uh, Chase Elliott's one is at... I'm sorry, Austin Dillon's one is at Daytona. Chase Elliott's one is at Talladega. Uh, drivers Eric Jones, Justin Haley, Kurt Busch, Michael McDowell, Ryan Newman, and William Byron all have one each, and they all came at Daytona. Now, I mentioned Team Penske's Brad Teslowski with five victories in 09, 12, 14, 16, and 17. is leading all those NAS- uh, active NASCAR Cup drivers in Talladega in wins. Keselowski is one of 11 different drivers to score his very first NASCAR Cup Series wins at Talladega back in 2009, driving for Phoenix Racing and car owner James Finch. Just to run through that list, you can look up uh, the dates they did it, but the list of first-time winners at Talladega, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Brad Keselowski, Brian Brian Vickers, Ken Schrader, Phil Parsons, Davey Allison, Bobby Hillen Jr., Ron Bouchard, Lenny Pond, Dick Brooks, and Richard Brickhouse. Over the last 11 cup races at Talladega, no organization has been stronger than Team Penske, posting seven wins in those last 11 events. With Brad Keselowski having two of them, Joey Logano has three, and now Ryan Blaney added his name with two wins. In total, Brad Keselowski has made 24 starts at Talladega, posting 5 wins, 7 top 5s, and 11 top 10s. Joey Logano has made 24 series starts at Talladega, posting 3 wins, 8 top 5s, and 10 top 10s. Ryan Blaney has made only 13 series starts at Talladega. He's posted 2 wins, 3 top 5s, and 4 top 10s.
0: Okay, Jay, let's go ahead and do our fantasy catch-up here on where we are with the fantasy group.
1: All right. Let me see if I can pull that up without my phone being uh, mad at me. Start with the truck series here as it loads. I know they're off uh, this weekend. no, 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 no. All right, that one, uh, Sharon is leading with 28 points. Now only four points ahead of Mike, though, at 24, as well as Andy as they are tied. I'm sitting at 20. Mike coming right in there, or I'm sorry, uh, Tommy coming in there. Again, got the late start at 19 points. Moving over to the, those are the top five there. In the Xfinity series, uh, one point. Andy's at 32 points. James, James is at 31 Owen is at 29, and Mike is at 27. So those are your top four there. Uh, That's pretty cool. Tommy there again got a late. Yeah, well, and there Tommy got a late start, and I'm only one point ahead of him. So we won't talk about that one anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's go to this one on the cup side. It's not as good, but I did have a point lead. But Sharon caught me. We're tied at 52 to lead the cup series, Uh, and we don't have much breathing room there as. Sam is at 46, Mike is at 45, and Owen is at 42. So there we got the top five all within 10 points, and uh, each race worth eight points. So uh, we don't have much room to spare there. And let me slide over to the overall tab. Uh, Sharon hasn't quite broken 100, one point short of that at 99. Mike is at 96. I'm at eighty six owen and sam are at eighty five andy at seventy four james at sixty nine and tommy at fifty five but again he missed about i'd say five to six races i think to start the season so uh he's waiting for the playoffs uh we saw james do this mm-hmm. uh catch up in a hurry with the uh playoff points uh when they come around
0: exactly right okay we're coming up on the top of the hour here and uh That means it'll be time for our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off here. I will say, tonight we've got an open seat. Uh, We did have uh, uh, Andy, but Andy uh, texted me earlier to say he's not going to make it. Uh, But we also have Tommy joining us for Hot Topic Sound Off tonight. So definitely looking forward to uh, chatting with him tonight as we get into the Hot Topics. So... Hopefully he'll be calling in here any minute. And there he is. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and welcome Tommy into our NASCAR hot topic sound offs. Welcome to the show, Tommy.
4: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be back.
0: Yes, we're always glad to have you. So, Jay, let's say, let's have Tommy go ahead and kick us off with the first hot topic tonight.
4: Let's go with Deegan. What's to
0: Dig into what?
4: SRX.
1: Oh, okay. Jay. You know, this is one we, we've kind of been waiting on. I know when they initially came out with this uh, SRX series, they said the emphasis was kind of on some drivers that maybe don't get highlighted. Kind of seemed like what they had put together so far were some that they were highlighting, uh, I don't want to say past their prime, but aren't uh, – active at the top levels anymore. So I think this is the first driver we've seen that really is listed as an up and coming. And when it comes to racing on dirt, uh, I know it's been a little bit different background with her coming from the trucks, uh, off-road trucks, but does have the dirt background. And I think is a huge added driver there to that SRX competition. Uh, I can't wait to see how she does. And I think it's just a building for her legacy Uh, in what she's doing so I'm I'm glad she's able to uh, have worked that out I know when we mentioned this or talked about it with the uh, maybe cup drivers doing it the the schedule uh, for her with the Camping World Truck Series keeps you very busy and uh, certain owners you know uh, kind of keep an eye on their outside activities Uh, but I think this is a good move uh, for everybody all the way around
0: okay uh I I didn't catch this in the hot topics uh from earlier so uh I'm sorry I missed I guess it was posted when I was on the radio here um but uh yeah that's kind of interesting is she the only female that's going to be uh in that SRX as
4: as of now yes and well Danica Patrick and some other uh, lady commentator are going to be uh doing it but I mean they're commentators
0: Right, but Deegan's going to be behind the wheel. So that's going to be interesting. I think uh, it is going to be interesting to see what she what she does behind the wheel in this SRX series. It's a whole new deal, and uh, I think it'll be fun. So not a whole lot to say there other than that. So let's uh, go ahead and go to you, Tommy. What are your thoughts?
4: Um, I'm really excited for the uh, the SRX. Uh, racing because they've got Bobby Labonte and Bill Elliott and Michael Waltrip and Tony Stewart from NASCAR doing it. There's an Andretti and then some IndyCar drivers. So And and then add uh, Haley Deegan to it. So I'm super excited for that. And uh, I'm like Jay. I'm glad that she was able to add it along with the truck schedule because I want her to get – as much experience as she can because actually, you know, nothing against Danica, but I really want to see uh, a lady uh, actually win in the Cup series um, and, you know, be successful. And, you know, right now you can tell in the trucks that she needs a little bit more experience and, you know – I want her. Just like I just want to see her succeed. I think it would be huge for the sport, and she's got fans that she's building. So, but I'm really excited for the SRX series, and they've also got Beswick in the booth and everything, and Danica Patrick, and Matt Yocum's back, and uh, uh, Brad Dollery's going to be there. So, I'm really excited
1: for all of that, and I can't wait. Okay, uh, Jay, your follow up. Well, it was, it was Mike that posted it uh, Posted it in our Hot Topics there. And, yeah, I think it shows 751, so we would have been a little into the show. And I don't think uh, – take a peek there real quick. I don't know if he had any comments to add with it. Uh, no, it doesn't look no. like it. I know he is one that when we talked about this, he was uh, kind of looking at it of, of that they were getting drivers – that were out of regular series competition. Uh, You know, I don't want to call it an old-timers event, but um, so I think he, I think, I will say this, uh, I don't want to fully lock him down to it, but I think he is kind of excited about it from that perspective. I know he was one that was maybe looking for Chase Elliott, but I think back to, uh, and I don't remember the years back when Tony Stewart did the prelude to the dream, uh, prior to the dirt, uh, the dream, which is a big dirt race at Eldora doing the cup series drivers would come in for that. And that was one event. And he said he had to kind of shut that down for the same reason that drivers just had so many commitments. They couldn't even commit to one race, let alone what do they got here? Six. Uh, so, uh, you know, like Tommy mentioned that, that she can work it, work it in with her schedule in the camping world truck series. I know that's a little bit, uh, lighter scheduled than the cup series, I would like to see it become more of a mixture than what it is. But for season one to kick off and get their feet wet, I think they went with some great choices in the veterans that they do have with it. Still names, still relative and bring some uh, notoriety to it. So I think for year one, I think they're going about it in a good way. Uh, This obviously helps. The other thing I would say I'd like to see is maybe some drivers that aren't known, uh, which I think is maybe their long-term intent, uh, talk about somebody like say Josh Berry or, or somebody that that's where they can get their name uh out there uh to get even Arkham of East West series or on up. So a starting point from them another starting point if you will.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point, Jay. I was thinking about Haley Deegan and uh the fact that she's taking this as an opportunity uh I mean, how many opportunities is she going to get to race drivers of that caliber uh, and the legends of the sport uh, when you think about uh, all these drivers that are entered? Um, This is going to be a really great experience for her from that perspective as well. So uh, there's not going to be many opportunities to do that, so uh it's it's kind of fun to see her uh being the first to kind of jump in and to make that happen okay tommy your thoughts
4: yeah i'm just really excited to uh watch this it's kind of like the irock series i didn't watch that as a kid but i actually do have somebody's irock car a little 164 die cast but uh I'm super excited because Tony Stewart and Bobby and Bobby Labonte, Bill Elliott, and all of them are back. Um, I haven't seen them race in years, so super excited about that. But I'm kind of like Jay. I, I want them to add maybe some other people, mixture in some other guys uh, that maybe get some other retired guys from NASCAR and then sprinkle in some other current drivers, I think, is a good idea too. So I'm just ready for it. really excited.
0: Okay. Jay, that takes you uh, to the next topic.
1: Well, I I didn't have a chance to read the full interview there, but I know, uh, Sharon, I think you put it up. uh, The pains of part-time racing. Kaz Grala will be in the college Racing Machine uh, in a cup start here at Talladega this weekend. Uh, he's one of the drivers we talked about uh, of just never having the right full opportunity uh, in full-time. I think it, it said he had one year in 2017 that he had a full-time ride, but the quality of driver that we see in Kaz Grala, uh and having to do these uh, part-time uh, starts here and there, wherever he can pick up.
0: Okay. Tommy, your thoughts?
4: Uh, well, um, I thought they were going to run the, big races this year which were like uh well not big races but uh they were gonna run both super speedways, um Coda and I feel like I wanna say like Indianapolis and Nashville like the the new tracks that they're gonna be going to is what they were gonna run. So um but I feel like he was part-time with Richard Childress last year, too. I didn't realize that he was just going to do the part-time cup this year. Um, I really haven't seen much of him because he's been part-time, so I really don't know. I don't really have much to say. I mean, I know that calling Racing is going to go full-time next year, so but, I mean, they might put AJ there because he's already – you know, been at the cup level before, but I know that he's just interested in winning currently at the Xfinity series. So. But um, that's all I've got for this at the moment.
0: Okay. Well, Caswell is one of those drivers that uh, we followed here on Vamper Racing Radio for quite some time, going back to his Canon Pro Series days. And uh, we've had him on as a guest. He, he is a uh, really good driver. He's good on the road courses. He's good on the super speedways. Uh, and I look for him to be competitive anytime he gets behind the wheel. Now, Cup Series is always a different uh, deal there. Uh, but as far as how they super speedway, you might see Cas up there mixing it up with everybody else. Uh, and it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's, it's hard to say that in a Cup Series car. But at the same time, I just know he's he's that good. It's really a shame that he doesn't have a full time ride. Uh, but uh, I'm glad that Colic has picked him up as a part time driver, uh, and he's going to be racing alongside his teammate in that car is um, AJ Allmendinger. So he's got a great driver to kind of team up with in in the car that they're racing. And uh, I think uh, right now that's the best it's going to be for for Kaz Grala, uh until he does get that full time sponsor and gets a full time ride. Uh, I'm just glad that he is racing, even if it is part time, because he's he's a very talented guy. So Jay, I'm curious to know your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Sharon, uh, and I know you got a little bit more history with him uh, before I joined the show here a few years back, but the talent of it and just never in the right position at the right time, I guess, if you will, Uh, I wouldn't have realized it was as far back as 17 when he had his one full-time season, uh, and that's where the the opportunity to show. You mentioned uh, his super speedway capabilities. And I know, being that AJ Allmendinger's on the team, he gets the nod towards the road ca- road courses. But Kaz Grau is mm-hmm. also very good on the road courses, so yeah. maybe this, uh, like you said, you got to keep your name out there and relevant. Hopefully, this does lead to. And I can't say there's a whole lot of spots opening in the Xfinity Series next year, uh, but maybe getting some uh, some attention and notoriety. To be able to get a full-time ride in the Xfinity Series, or possibly even in the Cup Series, you never know. Uh, with uh, we talk about new teams uh, possibly coming around the corner, so these starts are very important to them. Uh, and I know it's not always about the finish. Uh, we saw that uh, I believe he was in it at the Daytona Road Course uh, this year, or I'm sorry, actually the 500. Of where you're running, uh, because that, that's what you really got to look at when you look at a driver. Is where are they running? Because there are times when the things happen, especially on your super speedways. uh Not of your doing doesn't show how you mm-hmm. ran. So I think that, and I think that is what college racing looked at. And from their perspective, putting the the program they're looking to go cup racing next year, these first starts the fact that they are choosing Kaz Grawler tells you they value him because that's the input they want from a, a, a quality driver to give them that feedback of where their program's at and where they need to focus on going into a full-time next year if they do. So that that alone I think tells you that, you know, they know they got a quality driver in there that's going to give them some great feedback.
0: Exactly right. Uh, Tommy?
4: Yeah, I, I do remember him running in Daytona uh, this year, um, I don't, I think he got caught up in a wreck or something, but he had an engine problem or brake problem or something. I remember his car catching on fire on pit road and that pretty much ended his day. Uh, but maybe this time at Talladega, cause I mean, I mean, it is Talladega. Anything can happen. Maybe he can't work his way through the pack and, uh, get up there in the, in the front. Um, but. You guys are right. Uh, For the road courses this year, they're definitely going to put AJ in the car because he knows what he's kind of known for. I know that y'all are saying that uh, Grawl is good at the road course. Again, I I really haven't seen much of him in the Xfinity Series. I feel like it was just with Richard Childress maybe last year. He ran a couple races. But I don't remember what they were. But um, I'll take house word that he's good there. But I'm uh, glad to see that he's getting some super speedway experience, and uh, I hope it works out for him. And maybe, they, maybe they're maybe they grooming him for uh, next year's full-time ride.
0: There you go. That's exactly what I was just thinking is that it would be really great if they're kind of uh, grooming him uh, and giving him this opportunity with the idea of bringing both A.J. Allmendinger and Kaz Garela into the Cup Series for next season. Uh, and maybe it's kind of an audition between those two drivers over which one they will bring into the Cup Series for next series season. So uh, I don't really know. I'm just speculating here. But, uh, yeah, uh, I know they want to get into the Cup Series, and these may be uh, the two drivers that can make that happen. And, Jay, I really liked your point of uh, valuing his feedback uh about their cars uh in in this part time gig that he has this year, so uh super excited about it, and I hope uh, good things come from it so uh that's about all I have to add uh Jay you get the well, final word
1: here as you guys were talking about it, I had the same thought, and I can't say who had it first, but in the order of talking talking about that opportunity. Uh, Tommy mentioned it first, and Sharon, you said you were thinking about it at the same time I started thinking about it. But you went a little different direction. Uh, again, we don't have any facts, but if they go full-time next year, it was my impression that Justin Haley was going to be their Cup Series driver uh, full-time. That's mm-hmm. why he stayed with them this year in the Xfinity Series. But that would open a seat in the Xfinity Series where Kaz Grala might be able to slide into that. So uh, several different, go. like you said, opportunities uh, just staying within college racing, which as mentioned in the Xfinity series, for sure, we have seen that what they have built. Uh, so hopefully they can do that same thing at the cup level. You know, they may go with Almendinger as the most experienced Justin Haley as the young one, they can look to long-term, but I do think Kaz can fit in there somewhere, whether it be at the cup or Xfinity level. And the other thing I wanted to follow up on on something Tommy said that made me remember talking about the limited schedule they got. And I think I put that a, a separate article there from com with college racing, looking at it. Uh, theirs isn't just about uh, certain tracks that, that drivers are good at. They are picking tracks where from my, the best of my knowledge, where there will be qualifying because they do not have the charter and locked in they would have to have the the capability to try and qualify in. Um, so some of these that are locked in or locked up as a new team, they can't get in because they wouldn't be qualifying. So I think that's kind of where college racing is, is also putting some of their picking and choosing into.
0: Interesting. Okay. I'm going to bring up the next hot topic here. It was brought up uh, a little bit earlier. Um and that is the uh, the pro invitational ENASCAR I Racing uh event that took place last night. Uh you had Jesse Awoo Awuji who was uh voted in as the fan vote, and you had Keelan Harvick, uh an eight year old on the list uh to perform in that uh race last night. Uh, I was just looking to see if I could see the results to find out where they uh, finished, Uh, and I didn't see the race, but I know going into it, there was a little bit of discussion about uh, especially those two drivers being in this event. Brad Tentowski, by the way, did win it, Uh, but let's go ahead and and get your guys' thoughts on this. Uh, Jay, let's
1: start with you. Well, this topic has come up uh, multiple times, and uh, I'll say my stance has changed a little. Uh, Last year during the COVID, it was a necessity to keep fans engaged. Uh, I am just not one that is a fan of it. But I like that NASCAR did do something. Now with this continuing, I have no problem with it. I know it is introducing new fans to it. Uh, you obviously, you have a lot more capability of, of having fans involved because you, can't, you don't have rain outs or anything. Uh, with last night's race specifically, the fan vote of Jesse Iwuji as well as uh, Keelan Harvick being involved, uh, that were some intriguing things that definitely piqued my interest more than anything that I have in the past. So they are doing some good things with it. Uh, as I said, I think it's kind of one of those things that they're trying to reach a new generation or a new target audience. I'm already a NASCAR fan, so I don't necessarily need to. And, and like I said, it's just not my thing. But they are doing good things with it. And I know Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s involvement. And the one other thing I'll say is uh, that I was impressed with, and this was, came from watching Race Hub, Larry McReynolds was talking about the advancement that advancements that they've made in the iRacing simulation of different things That that they've tried to improve To make it even more realistic uh, So there are some impressive Things with it uh, I, I will say that and I, I like the fact that NASCAR is searching for new avenues That's just not one of mine
0: Okay Tommy your thoughts
4: I really enjoyed last night's uh, I race it was, it was pretty Entertaining I think that I really like the commentating, and I mean, it's, I know it's just a simulation, but so, I mean, they were single file last night, so it was kind of boring, but there towards the end, of course, it was just like any Talladega race. With 20 laps to go, things get crazy, and they were, <laughs> you know, those virtual wrecks are they're pretty wild, <laughs> uh, but it's just funny. I mean, Ted <laughs> Boyer does a good job. He's just, just funny, and Larry McReynolds is hilarious, too. Yeah, I really enjoyed last night. It was it was funny all the way around. And the thing is, is uh, James Davidson led so many laps and didn't even win. Brakusowski ended up winning it. And um, Keelan Harvick, he didn't finish last. I, I know that, but he was caught up in a wreck early on, and he, I don't. Hendon Boyer never recovered. I think they were like a lap down. I think Boyer finished twentieth somehow. But it it was definitely entertaining and um. I can see where the appeal isn't really there anymore since, like, last year. It was kind of a need to have it uh, because everybody missed racing, so it was something to watch, and it was I'm glad it was there. But uh, I'm still kind of glad they're doing it because I really liked that one last night, and uh, I'm looking forward. I think they're going to do CODA and um, somewhere else. So I, I can't wait to see the next one.
0: Okay. Yeah, they do have some other ones coming up here. Keelan actually finished the race, uh, but he was deep in the field at 38th spot. So, uh, uh, but won the race, uh, and the $5,000 that he gets, uh, is gonna go to his Checkerfly Foundation. So that's kind of a really good thing that kind of comes from this as well. Um, I know a couple of the guys were were kind of upset that Keelan was going to be included uh, and that uh, Jesse Awuji, who's a non-cup driver, uh, is also being invited uh, as the fan choice. Uh, that didn't bother me for some reason, either one of those scenarios. I don't think that was a big deal. I think it's part of what makes the racing maybe a little bit more interesting. Um, uh, I understand it's called pro-invitational, uh, and you've got to wonder uh, how Keelan fits into that. But I, I, I don't know. It just didn't bother me. I, I just see it as Kevin Harvick uh, promoting his son and giving him a chance to be out there and mixing it up with some of the best drivers around. And why not? He's in a position he can do that. And so uh, I, I think it's fine. And I think it adds some interest uh, to the event itself. So you're right. These wrecks, because you get to reset after you wreck the car, uh, these it's an all, all out uh, kind of racing that happens. Uh, and uh, that makes it kind of interesting as well. So, um, again, I thought it was a good thing. I did not get to see the race, but I do have it recorded. So uh, hopefully sometime tomorrow I'll get a chance to sit down and watch it. But I have watched some of them in the past. And uh, I think it makes it more fun when you have drivers from the Cup Series that are in it because you kind of follow certain drivers and, and uh, you want to see what they're able to do. Uh, under the eye racing format, so I, I think it's kind of cool. So Jay, your follow-up.
1: Well, I well, okay, there are a couple things there that cross my mind. I'll be a uh, little more politically correct here in how I say it, but there are certain fans <laughs> that aren't going to be happy with something, no matter what it is. As I said, it is not that I am unhappy with it; it is just not my thing. Uh, I think it's great Mm -hmm. that that NASCAR is using it as a tool and that has its following uh, for those that maybe, you know, haven't been involved in the sport before. So I think that is great. As I said, it's just not my interest of it. However, with that, you know, with the Keelan being in it, that's one of the things I understand it was the pro-invitational, and I did see some stuff on that and it went in one ear and out the other because, like I said, that's just going to be the way it is. Uh, The other thing I will mention, you know, Tommy reminded me of the fact that if they're going to do CODA, that one I might take an interest in because uh, it will be on the new track that we haven't seen yet. They go to tracks such as North Wilkesboro that we haven't seen in a long time. That one intrigued me. Uh, And then thirdly, I can honestly say uh, I have something in common with Jeff Gordon. If you remember Jeff Gordon's start last year, he got in a crash and he hung up on the fence. I did one in a dirt track simulator one time and did the Charlotte uh, dirt track. I jumped the fence and ended up on the outside, couldn't get back onto the track. And the guy running it, he's like, hey, you've done something I've never seen before. And I was like, I don't know how I did it. But, yeah, I ended up outside the track. (laughs) (laughs) Okay,
0: Tommy, your follow-up.
4: Had Keela not gotten in? gotten caught up in that wreck, he uh might not have finished thirty eighth. Um and he I remember them showing highlights um after the race. Well they showed it from his perspective, but he avoided a big wreck and um I also saw on Twitter this morning at some point where or last night, um uh, <laughs> Chase Briscoe uh dodged a big one and I had the car like flipping right beside of him and it said, uh Days of Thunder like flashback, like, you know, I know it in my heart. I can go through it. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, they're pretty entertaining and like Jay said, uh, you know, they haven't been Dakota yet, so I didn't think of it from that perspective and I did enjoy the North Wilkesboro race last year. And I think Jeff Gordon finished in like the top 20 because he raced in that one. He didn't end up in the fence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I can appreciate that it's not gonna be the cup of tea for everybody. Uh, and I think NASCAR knows that. But what it is doing is it's uh, introducing the sport of racing and NASCAR to a, a different generation, I think, of uh, fans. And there's going to be some crossover with that. If they're, if they're watching the e NASCAR, eventually they're going to check out the regular NASCAR races as well. So NASCAR, I think this is a marketing strategy to bring in more fans, and I think it's working. Uh, I think it's a good thing. Uh, We've had some of the iRacing drivers come on our radio show, and I'm going to have to look to maybe see if I can't get a few more of those guys to come on. Um, It's a lot of fun to talk to them about, you know, what they're doing with their racing. And, boy, do they love it when they're able to race against drivers like uh, Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch and uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. uh, uh, via e-racing or NASCAR NASCAR iRacing. So I think it's a really good thing. I do need to make an announcement, though, and that is that we're going to go off the air at exactly 10.30 p.m. Eastern time here and, uh, for those people that are listening for the first time, uh, that means that we're going to go off the air while we're talking and you're going to hear us go off mid-sentence. Um, and that's because we do continue recording the rest of our conversation and it becomes part of our bonus overtime material on our, if you've listened up to this point, all you have to do is fast forward, uh, to the two hour mark and you can hear the rest of the conversation. You'll know when it's time to be able to do that, because I'll go out on Twitter, on our uh, Twitter handle, fan for racing site, uh, and let you know that the podcast is now available, and that's when you'll be able to go and fast forward to that two-hour mark to hear the rest of the conversation. Again, we do that at this point of the show. uh, In case there's any first-time listeners that don't know, uh, that was that the bonus overtime material and what exactly is going on here. So with that, um, I'm ready to go on to the next hot topic. So, Tommy, it's back to you. Tommy, did we lose you?
4: Sorry about that, uh, Michael Stone. Uh, let's go with it. it's been a slower start this year for uh, Michael and Matt, but his belief is in his new crew chief is strong. Dale Jr. echoes the same belief.
0: Okay. Jay, your thoughts about uh, Michael and his crew chief? Uh, Baumgartner is his name, and uh, he's got a lot of confidence in him, even though they're, they're start to the season hasn't been as good as it probably could have been.
1: You go through that. Well, first off, I I just wanted to say, Sharon, uh, thank you for uh, sharing the wealth there. Uh, You interrupted yourself on that one, so uh, I think you've hit everybody (laughs) across the board now. Thank you. It just kind of flows right
0: into it, so...
1: Well, that's what, that's what I was keeping an eye on it, and you jumped right in there and, and took it upon yourself to interrupt yourself. I thought that was pretty, kind of cool. <laughs> uh, I, th- I, think I, still, I think when you look at the analytics, I think maybe I still lead the category, but at least now I know everybody's gotten it <laughs> at least once. Um, well, talking about Michael that. and that yeah, talking about Michael Annette, uh, we've seen him uh, grow there, especially with Junior Motorsports. And truthfully, Junior Motorsports as a whole, I, I know they have the win with Justin Algar, uh, Josh Berry getting one this past weekend. Uh, to me, as as a whole, kind of been off to a slow start, at least when you look at the results. Again, Noah Gregson has had several races kind of slip away from him uh Josh Berry that number 8 team maybe even seems to be the strongest as they rotate drivers but Justin Auger was uh, a little bit behind until he got his win in Atlanta and righted it Gregson's on the the way as well he just doesn't have the victory yet so I, I wouldn't be overly concerned with Michael Annette we, we've seen his improvement pick up the win uh in the Daytona opener here in the past uh with the crew chief change, that is just one of those. It may seem like a small thing. You should just be able to step in and roll with where you were at. That's not the case. You know, the the, the language between a driver and a crew chief understanding each other uh, takes time. So I, I certainly wouldn't by any means put anything on it as of yet anyway.
0: Yeah, I would agree uh, because, uh, you know, some of these drivers we've even said – uh, wait till we get past the halfway mark because, uh, uh in Michael and this case, they're just kind of getting to know each other a little bit and it's, uh, working out pretty well. Uh, he had Travis Max but, uh, Travis moved over to work with, uh, Daniel Suarez as his crew chief at Trackhouse Racing. And he's doing pretty good with Daniel Suarez. Uh, he's had some pretty good races. Uh, but this year, uh, Michael Annette is now working with Baumgartner. And I'm trying to find his first name. For some reason, it's escaping me. Uh, Mike Baumgartner. Uh, and so he is, um They're getting to know each other, and even though they've had a few mishaps along the way, uh, the fact that Michael Lynette is saying that he has complete faith in him, uh, I think says a lot. The decision was made in December for him to move over, uh, to work with, uh, the number one Chevrolet. And, uh, he's worked, he's got 20 years of experience. He's worked with drivers, uh, uh, a lot of different drivers, including Casey Kane, uh, and, and Brad Sweet when he was racing, uh, and he's also, uh, been the crew chief for Dale Earnhardt Jr., Tyler Ruddick, and, uh, Elliot Sadler in some one-off situations. So, I, I think this is gonna be a good, uh, uh, partnership, uh, before the end of this year is over, and I think we are going to see some wins, uh, from Michael and Matt, uh, because of this partnership with Mike Baumgartner. So, uh, I, I think it's a positive thing. Michael's a good driver, and, uh, I do, I just think that it's going to be a positive in the end. So, Tommy, what are your thoughts?
4: Yeah, I do feel like uh, Junior Motorsports got off to a slow start this year um, until Allgaier won and then Josh Berry won, but um, Michael Adnet, I feel like he won last year's opener in the Xfinity Series at Daytona, so um, maybe this weekend at Talladega uh, he can uh, capture that win. And I didn't realize that uh, uh, Bumgarner had crew chiefed on those guys. That's some pretty some pretty good uh, names there that he uh, has been on top of the pit box for so maybe maybe it'll work out for michael and that um i feel like he's been in that one car for a while and um i mean i just feel like he finishes in like the top 15 consistently uh each year but i really don't feel like i see him win that much and uh i feel like maybe he can get it turned around with his crew chief. if not um Josh Berry and Sam Mayer, and uh, they're knocking on the door.
0: That's a good point, uh, Jay. Your wrap up, or not wrap up, but
1: your follow up. Well, first, uh, first, I got to counter that, and I and I hate to say it because I do think Michael Annette has been as such an improved driver uh, in the years he's been with Junior Motorsports but he brings sponsorship to the team uh, with the Flying J, mm-hmm. Pilot Flying J uh, sponsorship. So that is part of it. But he also, in my opinion, proved of he can win in the right equipment, right situation. And that was the other point Sharon had while, while talking about it uh, with Travis Mack moving up to the Cup Series. Uh, not a name unless you're an avid NASCAR follower of all the entire sport, Uh, You may not recognize him as a top crew chief, but think about this. Trackhouse Racing started as a new team, and that's who they went after uh, for a reason. And that showed up on the track at the cup level. Well, think about the hole, then that leaves at Junior Motorsports. So just as I think, you know, with Cole Pern leaving Martin Truix, uh, Chad Knauss and Jimmy Johnson, Ray Everham, Jeff Gordon, you know, that's that's a combination and a hole that has to be filled, not to say anybody or whoever it is can't, but it's going to take some time. So, like I said, uh, you know, mid-season, uh, we'll see where they're at at the end of the year. I think we'll tell the story.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you, Jay. I think that uh it it takes some time for those bears to get to know one another, uh, understand what their needs are, and uh the just to get their communication down is a huge thing. So uh, I think that in the second half of the season – and it could happen as soon as this week. I think Tommy said it. He could still win. He's good on the super speedways, and he could end up winning uh, this week. And, in fact, uh, Dale Earnhardt, uh, when he was kind of echoing uh, Annette's thoughts about uh, it being good that he's working with Mike Baumgartner – he, he said that that win's going to be coming sooner rather than later. So it uh, wouldn't surprise me if it even happens this weekend at Caledega Super Speedway, because we know that he's capable of winning on the Super Speedway. Um, so, but definitely uh, keep an eye on him as we get into the second half of this season. So, Tommy, we'll let you have the last word on this topic.
4: Yeah, even Larry Larry Mack had to uh, build a relationship with uh, Dale Earnhardt when he was on the pit box. Uh, uh, It takes some time for sure. But, uh, yeah, Travis Mack has done a really good job with Suarez this year. Uh, uh, They've been pretty consistent here as of lately, finishing in the top 15, top 10. Um, Maybe he can be a surprise winner and add to that list. But, yeah, Michael Annette does have a chance this weekend. He is good at Super Speedways, and uh, like I said, I hope it works out for him with his crew chief change because if Josh Berry and Sam Mayer are able to put that eight car in big green lane a lot, I know that Annette does have the sponsorship with Pilot J, but might have to move around sometime.
0: Okay. So, Jay, I think we can still get in another hot topic here.
1: All right, uh, this one I put up there there at the very end. Uh, Joey Gase is switching from Cup Series, which I didn't realize that's where he was listed as, from Cup Series points to the Xfinity Series points so that he can run this weekend at Talladega in the Xfinity Series, and it is a Dash for Cash race.
0: Mm. Interesting. Okay, so Tommy, what are your thoughts about Joey Gase switching his points from Cup to Xfinity?
4: Yeah, there was a couple today that did that. Uh, Brett Moffitt did it too. Um, he he was with the niece in the truck series, and now he declared for our motorsports with Xfinity. Um, uh, I guess both of them, I feel like both of them probably made the right decision. I mean, Joey Gase in uh, you know, no offense, but he just usually rides back there in the cup in the you know, 30th, the 40th position each weekend, and I feel like when I watch the Xfinity races, he's actually up there in the top 10, top 20, so better chances for him, especially at Talladega, and I also like his paint scheme this weekend, uh, and Allison, uh, Alabama gang, and I feel like somebody's even honoring um, Red Farmer to another member of the Alabama gang, so um, I'm going to Dega in October, so I'm really super excited for uh, this weekend's race. This kind of a preview. I'm going to be looking for where I'm sitting at. So, uh, But um, I also want to talk about Brad Moffitt right quick, too. He switched, and uh, he's been doing really good in the uh, Xfinity Series in that car, so I'm glad he did that because uh, – I'm not so sure how good Nisa's equipment is in the truck series, but it didn't look – He looked like he started the season out strong in the truck series too, but um, was struggling here as of late. So, um, But I really like Brett Moffitt, and I hope it works out for him because I feel like he, he consistently wins and should have a full-time ride somewhere in a competitive car.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's a, a a good move for both of those drivers, uh, to switch their points to Xfinity. Uh, Brett Moffat I have been kinda of disappointed. I I expected more out of him in the uh in the uh truck series, uh, as a past championship champion driver there. Uh so apparently the niche equipment isn't kind of up to par as it has. We've seen it be up to par in the past, but this just doesn't happen to be their year, I guess. Uh, Joey Gase uh, and his switch to the Xfinity Series and, and specifically highlighting that he had to switch the points uh, so that he could race in the Xfinity race for the Dash for Cash. So it will be interesting to see if, he, if he's able to be up there and can keep Compete, uh, for that Dash for Cash. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Joey Gates race in the Xfinity Series even long term. Uh, he's, he's been a kind of a backmarker in the Cup Series and we've seen, uh, drivers like Justin Algauer and, and Elliot Sadler come from the Cup Series and race in the Xfinity Series and compete for championships. So it would be really cool if we were able to see Brett Moffitt and and, um, Joy Dace be able to do that and, uh, go out there and, and get a championship here in the Xfinity Series. Uh, we'll have to see if it happens. <laughs> um, and there's a big story here if it does. Uh, but, uh, it, it's, uh, that dash for cash is a big deal if you can win that $100,000. Uh, it can do a big, uh, a lot for a team that might be struggling. So, Jay, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, while you were talking there, I was trying to verify something. Let me look at the uh, truck series points. I think you have that backwards. I know initially Brett Moffat said he was going after the Xfinity series points, but again, because they do not have the locked in a charter, that I thought he stayed with Nice Motorsports in the truck series as far as points. Uh, Because if you look at the Xfinity series point standings, he's not even listed on there at all, and he is in the truck series, and I'm looking to see if they have him marked as uh, uh, not eligible. Um, But we have seen that in the past, and I think back to when Ross Chastain did it, running better in the trucks Mm -hmm. than he was in the Xfinity. He wasn't uh, full-time in the Xfinity. And they had the capability in the trucks, and he got into the championship four. So that I fully support. What I don't like in this particular case, if it is just for the Dash for Cash money, which you can't say it definitely is, but why would you not have seen that at the beginning of the year and, and done so at the beginning of the year uh, when the schedule came out? I mean, if that was going to be your intent, um, let me look here. uh we're looking for Brett Moffitt. Yeah, see, he's listed in the truck series points and not in the Xfinity. Like I said, if I'm not mistaken, his intent was to go Xfinity, but with uh, more than the starting lineup, uh, or more than the 40 initially at Daytona and the road course at Daytona, they weren't going to get necessarily guaranteed and locked in there. I think he stayed with the truck series points with Nice Motorsports. Um, Again, they're they're doing nothing wrong within the rules because it it hurts – I say hurts – affects their own team if they choose to pull out of one series and go in another because your points are reset to zero. Anything you've done while you're not listed in the Xfinity series in this case is wiped out, which was the case with uh, Ross Chastain when he did it. So you're starting back from zero which, truthfully, with Joey Gase in the Xfinity Series, I don't see their intent of the championship, which leads me to believe it is just for the dash for cash. That's why I said I kind of have an issue with a little bit. Uh, again, Brett Moffitt's case, he had the intention at the beginning of the season. They knew they weren't going to necessarily be locked in, which would make them ineligible if they didn't make the first two races. There's no qualifying in the, uh, to start there. That takes them out of that intention, so he stayed with Nice Motorsports in the truck series where they were locked in.
0: Okay. Interesting. Uh, Tommy, your follow-up?
4: Yeah, I think Brett just declared the day for the Xfinity Series, though. I think that he just like, officially switched to the Xfinity Series. And as for Joey Gase, I, I, I think Sharon said it, too. I think that he had to switch to be able to race in the Xfinity race um, and that's why he did it, or something. I don't think that it's just for sort the of dash for cash reason. Although that would be pretty cool if he uh, pulled it off and won and took the money and run. <laughs> but um, uh, I'm just super excited for Talladega, and um, I feel like Brett Moffat has been running pretty good in that our motorsports car. So if he if he did effectively switch over today to the Xfinity Series, um, I think maybe he could. Uh, work it out because I'm kind of with Sharon, too. I'm kind of disappointed in the truck series uh, with with him this year because it does look like they're struggling a little bit. But I think that's as a whole because, I mean, his teammate Truex, I feel like every week he's in, like, just trouble all the time. And I remember last year, Natalie Decker, she was always in trouble, too. So I feel like the only – Driver they had that uh, was able to pull some good stuff off was Chastain. So uh, um, maybe brought, uh, Moffitt can get it turned around and um, hope it works out for him in the Xfinity series too.
0: Okay. Uh, there is an announcement on Brett's timeline. He says, I requested and received approval to start declaring NASCAR Xfinity series championship points moving forward in the O2 Chevrolet our motorsports our motorsports is giving me extremely competitive race cars and i genuinely believe we are going to get to victory lane and make the playoffs this was an extremely difficult decision to make, as the switch means I will not be able to race the full NASCAR Camping World Truck Series season in the number 45 Nice East Motorsports Chevrolet. I hope to continue to compete with East Motorsports to continue to build their program, and I'm thankful for the opportunities Al, Cody, uh, and everyone at the organization has provided me. I wouldn't make this decision without the support of my incredible partners, and I look forward to making the most of this opportunity alongside them so uh it's definitely he's declaring for the Xfinity series and that makes more sense to me uh that he would declare because he seems to be running a little bit better in the Xfinity series than he has been running in the in the truck series um so, yeah, I think that one is is done for the right reasons, uh, and I do think that maybe Joy Gase isn't just doing it. Uh, he might, for the uh, Dash for Cash, although it, it can have that appearance, um, I, I do think that he might be considering, uh, and I could be wrong about this, but I, if I were him, I would be considering this, uh is running full time in the Xfinity series for the future as opposed to continuing to run at the back in the cup series. Uh and and it wouldn't be unprecedented as I said before. We've seen drivers do it and do it successfully. So this might be an opportunity just to see how that would work out for him as he uh, considers that possibility. But once you do that I don't think you can switch it back. <laughs> If it doesn't work out, I think he's stuck with the Xfinity series uh, from this point going forward. But he does start at zero, and uh, uh, again, if he's just testing the waters for next year, that probably doesn't matter. But uh, just just uh, a couple additional thoughts there to think about. So, Jay, your follow
1: up. Well, I will say I did I did find that as well. Uh, I think the one I found on the frontstretch.com uh, now uh, nine hours ago, I had only seen Gase's announcement. I had not seen Moffat. So he was a, was listed for the trucks and is now Xfinity. And I'm with you guys on that. He definitely has been running very well in the Xfinity Series with our motorsports. I think they do have a shot, even starting back over at zero at this point, just like Ross Chastain did in the trucks. The year he did it with Nice Motorsports, which kind of ironic because you both kind of mentioned it. Nice Motorsports doesn't seem to have what it takes, whereas Chastain apparently brought what they needed. Because in that case, he went to Nice Motorsports and made it work, and now somebody's going away from them uh, to do it in the Xfinity Series. Um, So I do think it is a great move on uh, Brett Moffat's part. Uh, we've seen how strong he has run. I know, I think it's uh, Owen maybe that has picked him several times. He gets picked within our group uh, for that mm-hmm. reason because he is up front. Uh, going back to Joey Gase, uh, and again, I, I'm just going based off of what we've seen and in the, in the way it looks on paper, if you will, uh, the timing of it and what was released with that, um, being that it is the dash for cash. Now, Sharon, you mentioned, you know, if, if he's looking at, Next year being full-time Xfinity, then building those points and everything in this year uh, could benefit down the road. So that is a possibility. Uh, And I hope so. Because like I said, I I really didn't have uh, just a good feeling if it was just for the dash for cash for this year uh, from that aspect. Um, So there's always, you never know again unless something's officially announced uh, what their reasoning is. Uh, But I, I just didn't, didn't particularly like that aspect to it. Um, But there too, sponsorships may be driving it. You never know. All it's announced is that he is switching. It happens to be on the Dash for Cash weekend.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I don't have any inside information there. I'm just speculating on what the possibilities might be. Um, So with that, also uh, another point I wanted to make is that Brett also mentioned that he was helping Nice Motorsports develop their program. So he was going to continue to do that, but on a part-time basis. Okay. I think that we might have time for one more, Tommy. I'll give you a chance if you see something else you want to bring up.
4: Um Let's just go with uh, predictions for uh, Saturday and Sunday or something.
0: Okay. Uh, Jay?
1: All right. Uh, Take a look. Uh, Are we talking Xfinity or uh, Cup? You know what? It doesn't matter. Take a look at the entry list, point to it, pick a driver. (laughs) Uh, There obviously are some, as we read, Uh, that do seem to do better, know how to handle the draft. But to counter that, it's Talladega, it's super speedway racing. Anything can happen, more than likely will. Uh, For the Xfinity Series, I I know I picked Austin Sindrick, obviously, so I guess that's who I got my faith on. On the Cup Series, you got a couple that always seem to be up front. you got to look at Team Penske, in my opinion. I'd say starting with Brad Keslowski, but Ryan Blaney, I think, is, what did we say, going for three in a row here in the spring race. Uh, Joey Lugano's no slouch, but there's also 30-some others that are going to be right there with him. But I'll say Team Penske on the cup side. And that may include Matt DiBenedetto.
0: <laughs> there you go. He needs a, he needs a win. Um, yeah, it's so hard to predict what's going to happen at Talladega. All I'm going to say uh, I predict a big one in all of the races that take place. Um, there's always something that happens at Talladega that uh, is that makes it uh, shakes up everything and makes it interesting. So you can look at the stats and and try to figure out who's going to be the best. But what you never know is who's going to get caught up in uh, something that's not of their own doing and it takes them out of the race. So I think I think we'll probably continue with uh, uh, maybe some different winners. Uh, I think that would be kind of cool to see if we see uh, some different winners uh, continue, uh, kind of that stretch that's going on. Uh, but I can just as easily say that we might get another repeat winner. So it's so hard to predict these races. Uh on the Xfinity side, um yeah, yeah I I I think that uh again it's so hard to say who's gonna Sindrick's a good pick. Um but you just don't know what's gonna happen. That's that's the whole thing with this, these races. Um but Junior Motorsports, I think they've got a good organization, a lot of good things going on there. So um, Brett Moffat is always good on the Super Special <laughs> Uh So, so I, a lot of good choices. Uh, hard to pick who's going to be the one. And this might be the race that uh, maybe we see Eric Almirola break through, too. I would love to see that happen at Talladega. So Tommy, what are your thoughts?
1: Okay, Sharon, did you name all 40 drivers on the entry list yet? Just about. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's so hard to to pick who it's going to be. I don't want to give up who my pick's going to be, though, either.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's right. You haven't picked yet. Now I know why you were listing everybody. I got you. I got (laughs) you.
4: So I'm going to go with uh, definitely I'm going to predict. Three big ones for sure The last 20 laps to Talladega are always Crazy and Talladega And Daytona I, are my favorite Races I guess super speedway racing Is my favorite I just love the racing In the packs three wide four wide The, the wrecks the Exciting finishes the Close finishes uh, you know, Earnhardt Earnhardt Jr. Gordon I feel like All the you know the big names win there And the surprise winners so I haven't been able to put in my uh, picks yet. I'm still contemplating my options. Um, I don't want to give mine away either, but just to go over the names of people that we haven't brought up, you know, Newman has been running up front at Daytona and Talladega for the past couple races. I really want to see him break through and get uh, a win. I think he's at, like, 18. I'd like to see him get at least two more wins and get to 20 um, before he retires. Uh, Sharon already brought up Eric Almarola, He won a couple years ago. He's always good at, day, at uh, super speedways, and he could really use a win. Um, Stenhouse, he, he could break through at any moment. Um, uh, Sharon, you also took my pick in the Xfinity Series, or uh, one of my picks. I wanted to take Haley. He was one of my options. But uh, he's won it in the Xfinity Series the last couple uh, of uh, races in Daytona and Vegas, so he's going to be a threat. Um, I'm just super excited. Um, Also, I want to see Matty D get his first win. Maybe it'll come here at Talladega.
0: Okay, Jay, anything to add
1: there? Uh, Yeah, a couple things. What's really sad is all the drivers we talked about we may not even have hit on the winner. We'll have to wait and see. And I know (laughs) Monday night uh, not necessarily want to bring this up, but uh, from here locally, I'm about hour and a half to two hours west of talladega so normally our weather is fairly uh, similar uh, i think we're supposed to have a shower come through friday night late mm. it's supposed to be gone by early morning so uh for talladega we normally move north uh southwest to northeast looking at that maybe an early shower on saturday have to see uh what time if that happens so uh, I know you had asked about that on, on uh, Mon- Monday night show. That's the best I can give mm-hmm. you here uh, going into this weekend now.
0: Yeah, keep in mind there's the ARCA race earlier on on Saturday, too. So uh, they say, does Caledega have lights? Do they have lights?
1: Uh, no. I don't think they do. No, I don't think they do. Oh. They don't. I wish they'd like a night
0: race would be awesome. Yeah, I would be uh but that's a lot of lights to put on that big track. Um I think that uh if if it does they might be able to get either the Arca or the Xfinity race in on uh after the rain clears. Uh but they've gotta keep in mind if they don't have lights. Uh, they, we might see one of those races get pushed into Sunday um, And actually I think it's probably more likely That it would be the ARCA race Versus the Xfinity race Because the Xfinity race is later in the afternoon So just just some thoughts there on that um, But uh, yeah, unfortunately I did see That there was some rain in the forecast there Exactly to the uh, teeth that what Jay told us. So, Tommy, what are your final thoughts then?
4: I sure hope it doesn't rain. Not not on Talladega. It already rained out. at Daytona. told can at least not rain for Dega.
0: Well, I guess the weather on Sunday is supposed to be a lot better. So, okay. So with that, let's go ahead and do our our. Um, Roundtable, and Tommy, we'll start with you.
4: Um, my Twitter is still at the moment, NASCAR fan since 95 uh, at Since95Fan. Um, I'm hoping to change that soon somehow on Twitter to my actual name. Um, I finally did have my first tweet. Um, it's in reference to uh, the Darlington uh, throwback weekend Um I added at Austin Dillon to do a number three paint scheme throwback of the multicolor card that Earnhardt drove at uh, Charlotte in like 2000, I believe. If you guys know what I'm talking about, it was like pink, yellow, and all these different colors. Um, uh, it didn't look like yeah, my tweet got very popular, so um, I don't know. Maybe you guys could retweet it and get it out there a little bit more. Maybe Austin Dillon will see and actually do it. <laughs> maybe one day.
1: How much? How many how many followers are you up to now?
4: Uh, I think I've only got like four or five or something, but I'm still only following fifteen. I got to figure something out. I might just go to J Ski and follow everybody.
1: <laughs> okay, Jay. All right. Well, I know I'm one of them, and I know I think it was at Micah last week that we got to add add to it. So we're we're still campaigning for you, Tommy. <laughs> Uh, you can follow me on Facebook at Michael Housman, Mopar mj 8 on Twitter and Instagram. And I got a super busy weekend, Talladega being the tail end of it if, if all else fails. But tomorrow night, afternoon to night, Magnolia Motor Speedway, home of the Black Ice, doing the Golden Egg uh, Nationals. I can't be there both days because Saturday I should be headed down to your Capital City Raceway, Jackson Motor Speedway, for some weekly racing action. So uh, if all else fails, like I said, and the weather has moved through and we get hit, might make that trek over to Talladega. It's not that far.
0: Okay, sounds good. I think Mike's going to be there too. So uh, yeah <laughs> that should be uh, interesting uh, with the two of you going towards the race.
1: Um, well, okay. yeah, that would very... be more than interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I am Fan for Racing site on Twitter and Fan for blog and radio elsewhere, including our fan for Uh And uh, as far as the radio show, next Monday we have Joe Graff, Jr. coming back uh, to be with us at the 9, 9 o'clock half hour. And uh, definitely always look forward to uh, catching up with him. Then um, we do have uh, Sam's recap out. I'm looking for uh, Owen's uh, power ranking before Talladega this week. Uh, and uh, uh, I think you guys are contemplating your next articles that will be coming out at com. So we'll look for those to be coming in as well. Uh, and a big shout-out to our listeners for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate everybody taking the time to uh, hear what we have to say and uh, being a part of our Fan for Racing radio show. Uh, also, uh, a big shout-out to our crew here. Uh, we've got a great uh, team. And, uh, Tommy, thanks again for uh, stepping in to fill some shoes. Uh, as both uh, Mike and Andy had to be uh, busy working tonight. And, uh, Jay, for all that you do with the Fantasy Group, as well as uh, co-hosting on Thursdays and stepping in for Sal on Mondays, uh, really appreciate all that you guys do.
1: Well, i, I got to give a shout-out there and pat my phone on the head. I just don't want to do it too much here. Uh, I made it all the way through tonight, so I had a couple of hiccups early on. I know, Sharon, you caught that and un- or logged me back in, uh, but it did last all the way through the night tonight, so back on a new streak.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. That's always a good thing. Uh, so with that, uh, guys, I guess we're ready to say good night to everybody, and we'll see you on the other side.
1: All right. Talk to you Monday. De nadie a